tonight on Ship Chasing, another FFPC main event draft, $2,000 buy-in, chasing $1 million. We got Gretch, we got Pat Corain, and of course, our guest of honor, Rotoviz's Sean Siegel. It's tonight on Ship Chasing. Let's roll. Do you guys know ball? Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> This is Flop. This is Flop. Anita Han- Hanjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you You can't handle the heat. It looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. Sean, are are we are we still piss boys? Are we are we robust RB boys now? Because I've been drafting with you, and I, I don't think you're a piss boy anymore. How how many running backs did we take in the first seven rounds yesterday? It was it was a lot. Someone asked me in my Discord, Sean. There was, and I, I haven't even gotten around to responding. It there go. He, he said, uh, "Pete, I want you to know what did you honestly think about the team you drafted with Sean yesterday? <laughs> Wait, how many running backs did you draft? Uh, we drafted four through was it seven or eight, and then we did add Kenny Gainwell uh, as well. So it was ended up being five total happens it happens Um, i've done stuff like that occasionally yeah you know you got to live a little uh of course corraine gretch sean siegel joining us of course you know it's it's fun because sean i remember you know a few years ago we would have you on for a couple shows like one early in the summer or early in august and then we would maybe draft a team and it was so rare to get to get you on stream or to even do like podcast stuff because you were mainly exclusively writing and now I feel like we're blessed with you doing all kinds of podcasts with Colm, with with Gretch. You've been doing the show with me. Um, how, how does it feel to now be just part of the uh, the content churn here in the fantasy football space? Well, I love it. The podcasting has been an absolute blast. And yeah, I mean, the only question is whether it makes this just not so special. I, I did appreciate it last year when you made that same basic point and people chimed in and said, we can never get enough. So, you know, just somebody throw that in there for me. It, <laughs> it's, it's still special, Sean. When you do an, a, a draft for a million dollars, and I do think this year is particularly unique because we joked about the, the piss boy stuff, but we have a very unique landscape in, in drafts right now. And I think we're going to get to put some of those ideas to the test here. I never thought someone asking for validation could be so endearing, but <laughs> hold it off. And two minutes into the show, chat, come on, help him out, man. There it is. Historical anomalies has got you. They could never do it. There you go. Come on. There's no such thing as enough. That's right. But just don't call him your zero RB king or he, he might he might uh, disappoint you on that front. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're off to the races here. We're drafting from the 1-6 tonight. I think a spot we're all excited about. Um, you know, especially in this kind of landscape that's still settling ADP wise, you know, there's lots of fun stuff you can do from the middle part of the board. We see Jefferson chase Kelsey Hill come off the board. We're about to be on deck from one six here. McCaffrey still on the board. Cooper cup still on the board. Austin Eckler on the board here. Any initial thoughts from you guys? Well, chase went two again, which I guess is, uh, I don't know. I thought Kelsey was going to be locked in at two. I, I mean, I obviously get taking Chase there, though. I had another three where I got, yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I've got, because we had one together as well. And I've had a right. couple threes and gotten Kelsey in both. It's like I'm, 
I haven't seen Chase go three. I've seen, uh, but like the ADP says that Kelsey's the ADP going says Kelsey's too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one actually wants to collect Kelsey at two anymore. Yeah. Does that happen in our draft with the stat chasing guys, right? So Cooper Cup does go, guys. Um, we had looked at him initially. Uh, is this a CMC pick for you guys or anything else you want to float? Well, this does throw a wrench into the pre-draft plan that we had put together. I was actually going to pitch a more aggressive pre-draft plan that would actually work with Christian McCaffrey here. Okay. Uh, I mean, with Cooper Cup and Christian McCaffrey as the two guys who are most likely to fall to six, I mean, you're getting the two guys with the very highest ceilings. And so Mm -hmm. it just really underlines how valuable it is to get a pick in the top six when five and six might be the best guys. Any other thoughts here other than CMC guys? No, no. All right. It's, CMC. It's like the it's like the biggest teardrop I can remember in the last several years, right? Like, I mean, Eckler is kind of an interesting little uh, mini tier down, but then you get to the receivers at like 108. I mean, I would just not want to have 108. I get asked a lot, what's a, what's your favorite draft slot or whatever, or least favorite? I think my, my answer is my least favorite is 108 or 109. Like, that's it. I'm not even as into Eckler at that price. Like it's, you know, he's another yeah. year older. They've got, they added firepower at wide receiver. It, the, in some ways, I think his his amazing season last year was like a, a symptom of the offense not functioning all that well. Um, obviously, he played amazing, but I don't know. I, it doesn't, like, whereas McCaffrey, I feel like is set up really well. I, I was like looking recently just to go back and see his, um, his scoring with the 49ers. And yeah, it was it was what I wanted to see. <laughs> <At all. laughs> we do see Amon Ross St. Brown go right after us here. I believe we also have some friends. Our guy Clay, uh, I believe, is from the one eight. There's also a team in the twelve hole named Chasing Cars. Uh, I feel like that might be someone who might be watching uh, this stream, but I don't know who that is. They're not chase, they're not ship chasing. They're chasing cars. That's that feels <laughs> like it's it's a thing. It could be. It could be. Or it could just be a complete uh, coincidence. Uh, Sean, I, I feel like we when we've been drafting uh, on underdog a bit, you know, we've sometimes taken McCaffrey, but then a little gun shy of just being like, "Are you going to get buried by an avalanche?" I, I get the impression though you're still very excited about him though, especially at this cost. Yeah, once you get into a two-two-two format, it's just it's so dramatically different in terms of what you can do with it and what the downsides are to taking running backs if the running backs are the best value. Because one of the things that we have to think about with any format that the very max you can play is going to be three running backs, and you have to play at least three receivers, then receiver depth is dramatically important. And then that kind of also influences the easiest and best ways to make sure you're also covering the flex and you're building the depth that you need to handle all of those elements. Whereas if you're getting these great running back values throughout the draft, you have different opportunities to hit those guys and you can do that. And so if you pass McCaffrey early, there's not a huge penalty for it because you're going to get other options and getting up to like four elite running back starters is far less valuable in this format, especially in 2023, where 
I mean, one of the things that you're dealing with here that I think is important to you know keep in mind is that once Jalen Waddle and Chris Olave are off the board, the highest scoring player is basically going to be a running back all the way until J.K. Dobbins is off the board. And so there is a, a big stretch there that you have to be, I think, more flexible in your thinking about how you attack the flex than ever before where, I mean, zero RB was all about let's score the most points. Let's dominate the flex. Let's avoid all of those running back landmines and let's benefit. And especially, you know, in two, three, one formats where I think for a long time drafters didn't understand that, I mean, what you could do with the running back position was somewhat limited, but what you could do with wide receivers, this whole idea of let's get six of the top 15 wide receivers. And I was kind of going back through and looking at the years it was possible and thinking about, you know, how those guys are going to be valued. And even thinking about, you know, 2013 sort of the birth of Rotoviz and the excellent success for subscribers that year. And one of the reasons is not just loading up on the early guys, but that we had strongly recommended Josh Gordon and Alshon Jeffrey who went later and had huge seasons. And so you also have to kind of decide like who were the guys in that seven, eight, nine, ten 10 range at wide receiver who were interesting for you and who are going to be able to get the job done and make that five round jump that, I mean, obviously when you're rounds two and three, there's a limit to how far the guys can go up, but you want to be thinking, can this guy be a 102, 103 guy next year? After you get a little bit deeper than that, I mean, you're looking for three, four round jump guys. And I mean, that part of it is just so fun to like game out all the different scenarios for in 2023. We've had some interesting picks come off the board. Barkley at nine, Pollard at 11, Bijan falls to 12. The turn drafter also pairs him with AJ Brown. The Pollard drafter grabs Nick Chubb. Then we have Devonte Adams, CD lamb come off the board. The eight hole with Austin Eckler is on the clock. We are two away from picking here. Uh, we'll be curious to see what the Austin Eckler drafter does, but already some, some interesting picks. You don't normally see Barkley go at nine ahead of guys like Bijan specifically. And we're seeing Pollard continue to climb to your point at 111. It really, it does seem that people were waiting for that Zeke shoot to drop and they're ready to take him at 111 now. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I think now that we've cleared out the, you know, Zeke not returning to Dallas, I think people are finally starting to get the confidence um, in him. Although you guys got to check out the Stealing uh, Bananas podcast projecting the second round. Uh, I know Sean's not disappointed to see Tony Pollard going this early. Garrett Wilson does come off the board here we'll see what the amon st brown drafter does were you congrats were you hoping for wilson to fall to, i mean uh, that would have been ridiculous right yeah that would have been fun yeah come on come on one more pick here <laughs> see sean there's two players i feel like that that you like that are available here so i i feel like uh we're gonna like our selection regardless but i am curious so mark andrus does go so that was who you wanted that was one of them I was hoping that, you know, Mark Andrews is a personal favorite. And then obviously everybody watching has <laughs> read about him from one, you know, very good legendary upside post. So that's too bad. That's what I was going to pound the table for. I was very excited. The opportunity to take Andrews. But getting receiver here is nice too. Yeah. In, it's anyone, Waddle, right? Jalen Waddle would be, would be the guy for yeah. me. Anyone else? 
At one point, Sean was calling him the best pick of the first round when he wasn't going at the first round. I think Olave's <laughs> name should be mentioned, but I prefer Waddle. Yeah. Waddle was Sean? my pick as next year's 104. So that's probably a little aggressive. I don't think he would be the best pick in the first round. <laughs> first round. Right now, when, but when John That's says right. next year's 104, uh, I just click the button. And then <laughs> yeah. no more we just did the Stealing Bananas episode. Everyone asks us the most about it's where we predict next year's redraft first round, and and there's your spoiler that Sean had Jalen Waddle at the 104. That's always such a fun exercise. Where Sean, how do you see that that playing out? Is is it because? him and Hill stay neck and neck and drafters then just want to bet on the younger guy a year later, or do you actually see Waddle kind of surpassing Hill as the one a in that offense? Yeah. I think that you have potential for Hill to, you know, get dinged up for, you know, one of the things that people, it's just, it's so hard when a guy has been that good, just like with Travis Kelsey. I mean, but at some point you have a little bit of deterioration and then at some point you have a lot of deterioration. We're not necessarily predicting that, but one of the things that you look at is that Hill's ability to command targets, and you can see this through a, a wide variety of different stats, but it's just crazy. And Waddle's ability to make command targets was okay. But even with that being the case, Waddle's you know, yards per route and the other different elements, you look at his ability to get some of those yards after the catch, you look at the ability to put up fantasy points, at a level to where if he commands a few more targets or runs more routes, because both of those guys get dinged up and have maybe lower route percentages that people realize now it's probably going to stay down compared to other elite receivers, but you have some possibility for him to add some legitimate volume to where people are looking at him and, you know, trying to figure out why he wasn't a top six pick in this year's draft that, I mean, the only thing that can derail him other than just the avalanche of very ticky-tack injuries that he's always suffering, which I think you have to you know, be a little bit concerned about, but just if somehow defenses are able to adjust, but I'm a very big believer that this Dolphins offense is going to continue to evolve as well. You've got a great mind there and they're going to, I mean, they've been the best offense at getting the ball to their playmakers. That's something that I really value when you have a guy who number one has done what Waddle has done through two seasons and number two the speed there, the athleticism there, the things that you can do when you have something that even at the NFL level, very few other people have, it just gives you crazy upside in a young player. We do see some interesting picks here. Calvin Ridley yeah. goes at 2-8 right after That's us. We see Jameer, Jameer yeah. Gibbs goes at 2-11 yeah, wow. Wow. to the Jamar Chase drafter. So, uh, And then the Travis Kelsey drafter stacks him up with Patrick Mahomes. But uh, We're a loose room like a tonight, room. boys. It yeah. is loose, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I am excited to uh, see what uh, falls to us here in the middle of the third round at 3-6. Josh Allen comes Whoa. off the board. TJ Hawkinson comes off the board. Jarko, we've seen Jarko before in a lot of these drafts. Uh, after stacking KC there, I would have guessed a different position. That's a, a fun start as well. I mean, we're, we're getting we're getting a lot of people doing some fun stuff in this uh, in this room today. Jonathan Taylor finally comes off the board at uh, 3-4 to the Tyree Kill. Chris Olave drafter. That seems fun. That's very fun. We'll see what the Cooper Cup Calvin Ridley drafter does here, and then we will be on the clock at 3-6 here. 
Jalen Hurts is in the top uh, by ADP. We've seen Mahomes and Allen come off the board. Are you, how, there's, there's nothing else here, right? Like it has, we're, we're uh, yeah, I think I'm we're pre- right. I'm preparing that I'm gonna get my heart. No, no, I'm saying like I don't even know what he could take instead, or he uh-huh. or she. I see what you're saying. <clears throat> we're gonna get heartbroken. It's it's yeah, Jalen Hurts, or yes, yeah. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. How did that happen? Sean, do you like T Higgins here? Oh, I thought we were talking about Kyle Pitts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, no, I mean, it seems very obvious that it's T. Higgins. And yet, I do want to mention that Ramondre Stevenson now has, like, maybe the worst running back who's going to have gotten touches in NFL history <laughs> behind him. So are we not, like, boosting his projected volume? <laughs> Elevated when Zeke This this is the genius of Sean. He comes in here and he starts a draft saying, you know, we haven't been able to get T. Higgins in the middle of the third round in any format all fucking summer long. Sean says the running back is the best pick at every single juncture after the first round. And then T. Higgins finally falls to us in the third. Your psyops here, Sean, has it finally worked. worked. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I'd love to see that Eckler, Barkley, Pollard, Robinson, Chubb run there because yeah that starts to get you to think i mean some guys are gonna fall and i don't know i mean waddle higgins as your round one round two start would actually be fine and you have christian <laughs> caffrey on top of that so i'm yeah. pretty excited waddle higgins at the one two turn <laughs> i think gretch nailed it this room is loose tonight it's, like it people is. are having some fun this is a fun yeah. room yeah yeah when Jar- when I was talking about Jarko taking Hawkinson there, I mean I, I was saying like we've seen him or we've seen him in a lot of these drafts in the past. Definitely recognize that name. I thought that was gonna be Higgins, and then I didn't even really dare to dream. I'm looking at my list going, who could it be? Pete, you called it, it could be Hertz. But I mean, it, like we we couldn't have got Higgins to go one more pick, I don't think. I mean, people no, I don't, don't want to so. take Ramondre this high right now. That I mean, that was a that was a fun run out. We don't get a it lot of It is nice, right? When you get it's it's stressful, but it you want to get the very last guy in that tier, yeah. right? It's like yeah. you want there to be one <laughs> obvious pick every time. And then it hurts when he doesn't get there, but but he did. Yeah. And it just kind of goes back to the five six too, where I mean it could still very easily be the case that we prefer Cooper Cup when we're another three or four rounds in. But I mean, now you're kind of looking at it and thinking that Christian McCaffrey being there at six could end up being like the like the massive piece that makes this all work and you know creates right. that million dollar upside. I, I was just going to ask you, Sean, two v two, Cooper Cup, Ramondre Stevenson, Christian McCaffrey, T Higgins, which side? I, I'm I'm really high on Stevenson. And so I think that's pretty close to a wash. And yet when yeah. you think about different scenarios that could play out, <laughs> I, I don't know that there's one with Cup Stevenson to where you're really saying, okay, things change and it's even way better. And certainly we always talk about like the last thing in the world is we ever want is for somebody to get hurt. 
But with the build that we have, if Jamar Chase does miss some games like he did last year, I mean, that's going to definitely be better yeah. than like Cup, Waddle, and Stevenson would be. And last year he missed some time, but Higgins wasn't right at any point last year. We didn't really see that breakthrough. But like if you have a healthy Higgins for a, a stretch with, with Chase out, like you said, I mean, it's he's a first-round pick at that point himself. So yeah, right. I didn't after- know the ADP and wasn't trying to figure out like the cheapest way to get guys. I wouldn't have a huge problem, you know, at least taking some shares of Higgins where AJ Brown and Devontae Adams are going. Right. Yeah. We so we take Higgins. The picks following, we get Keenan Allen at three seven, Debo at three eight, Metcalf at three nine. That feels pretty standard. We do get Joe Mixon at three ten. Goes to the Diggs and Adams drafter, the Pollard Chubb drafter takes Jerry Judy, and then we see Darren Waller come off the board at 312. I mean, people are living a little tonight, guys. Well, Waller, didn't Waller go 312 in our first main event, too? I think I think our first and our second. I think all three of the yeah. ones that we've done. Yeah. They've, been, done living, they've been living so all far. summer, man. Yeah. <laughs> the Waller team is real. The Waller team is real. He, Ramondre does go uh, to the turn here. So Ramondre goes at 4-1. Feels like a nice pick. Yeah, that guy's watching. Sean's been talking about him for a half round. He doesn't remember that you can't talk about that. So I haven't been drafted yet. <laughs> the guy that's right, Jason but I mean, Park. Stevenson wasn't going to come all the way back they, to this, I, was he? You know what? They did, this to me. they did this to me last night, Sean. They did this to me last night. <laughs> yeah, they, they won't admit it. They won't thing. admit that Stevenson wasn't coming. He would have if he didn't talk about him, Sean. He <laughs> we'll never know. That is the it's same butterfly thing effect. Night. Yeah. yeah, you never know. He's chasing cars. If we would have started talking about Josh Jacobs, he probably would have taken Josh Jacobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, All Sean needed to say was that he's super high on Josh Jacobs, and Josh Jacobs is going to yeah, be a he right Stevenson's still on the board right yeah. now. I mean, Hang what on. the hell? I'm going to go full screen. Sean, talk about Najee Harris. <laughs> so maybe the best way to describe what Najee Harris is currently doing is that the other day, again, just to kind of recalibrate myself, was to look at Jalen Warren as a college player. And you see that he's a small, slow guy with mediocre peripherals. And then you throw him into the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And like his advanced stats are crazy. So again, we're talking about a, a little bit of the contrast that these two players are putting up. I mean, I hope that Harris works out. I think that there are some tiny elements with him in terms of some of the tackle breaking things that are similar to what Josh Jacobs had where he did eventually break out, but probably a lot more similarities to Trent Richardson, right? To where it was just going to be done. So my job is done. I got Najee here. We lost Brees Hall. We lost Brees Hall on the Najee. The Najee award. Yeah. That was the, that was the most depressing talk up pump up speech I've ever heard. <laughs> just pull up out of this like burial of Najee Harris to go, I hope he works out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he works out. Just buries what? him. I hope he works out. He's probably Trent Richardson though. I mean, one of the concerns, and I would I would mention Dave Cabin's breakaway rush score here, and just even at Alabama, when you have these massive holes yeah. and you have this elite athleticism, if you're not breaking big plays, then how are you going to do it against NFL defenders? And it's really easy to get tied up in a guy's broken tackle rate and realize that Zach Moss and David Montgomery are you know, two of the best guys there. You've got to turn it into yards, which is one of the reasons why athleticism that translates into yards and thus fantasy points and also potentially big plays. 
when you talk about Jonathan Taylor, his, you know, some of his peripherals are merely good as opposed to supernatural, but when they're merely good and then there's a hole and you're going to run for 70 yards, that is huge. I also don't think like people maybe remember that Najee was talked up as like this, he can want, he can run wide receiver routes. He's going to be this like receiving weapon and that whole part of his profile because the, Coming out, the, the lack of explosiveness was was regularly cited and was like, I feel like a widely understood red flag on him. Uh, it's been as bad as we were worried it would be. But the receiving side just has not materialized in any way. He was, he was inefficient last year as a receiver and as a rookie. So we're on the clock. The Mark Andrews drafter stacks up Lamar Jackson. We see Josh Jacobs, Christian Watson also come off the board here. Um thoughts i mean etn is the last of a tier of running backs for me and then there's some tight ends that's where i'm at what do you guys think i think that's very clear at running back um e- and yeah i probably should tight end as well jumping out to me here what do you think sean i i have it as etn and then there's you know potentially some even options at a different position in the next round but i and perfectly fine. So you would, you would prefer ETN, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got a little, I'm sorry. I got a little confused as to what, which ones everybody was saying, but I, I mean, I just, the, the numbers on ETN are crazy. Right. And yeah. I mean, he was the guy in the recent article where I talked about, there are some Jamal Charles echoes there. And I say echoes as opposed to, you know, some of the fun headlines where you're like, I mean, obviously they're silly, but like the next such and such, because nobody's going to be the next Jamal Charles. He's, probably the best pure runner we've ever seen but i mean etn's ability to slash that line to create the big plays and you go back to what he did in college but also what he did last year when he probably wasn't 100 in an offense that was still kind of being put together the 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 variety of upside that you have with him should not be there in the fourth round yeah 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 i agree yeah, we were all, I think, in agreement there. So that was good. The chat was saying that the Najee stuff we were saying was like kind of how we were killing Josh Jacobs. I just kind of want to point out that, like, we, I don't know if we've really discussed this at length. Like, the Josh Jacobs thing um, was like, I mean, we were wrong about it. Like, like he hit, he hit in multiple ways. We talked about that. Like, one of the really key things about the way that he hit, or if you were on his profile last year, you kind of have to acknowledge is you would have been on a lot of profiles that also busted. I mean, there's really no way around that unless you knew specifically what Josh Jacobs had that was unique, but trying to find to Sean's point about trying to find the next, like great Jamal Charles, trying to find the next Josh Jacobs by looking at somebody like Najee Harrison saying that he's going to be the next Josh Jacobs. The hit rate for what Josh Jacobs did last year is incredibly low. That's just like, I also think that's just wrong. It's just the point is wrong. He doesn't actually look much like Josh Jacobs. Like if you look at like, because I went back and looked at some of Josh Jacobs' stuff and was like, you know, he actually rated okay in NFL Next Gen success rate, and like he wasn't, he was fine in yards per route run. Like some of the stuff that I regularly cite and look at, like Jacobs was not bad in. He just wasn't that good, and I bet against him like three years in a row, and I was ready to bet against him again. Like I do think he was a little bit of a blind spot. He wasn't like this amazing profile that I missed, but. Once he fell into the seventh round or whatever, I should have, I should have thought through the bet again, and I didn't really do that. Harris looks like a meaningfully worse bet than Jacobs was last year, and is more expensive. So, I, I just, I do not, 
I do not think it's a good idea to go, well, Josh Jacobs hit last year. I can take Harris because you guys don't know what you're talking about. He could get there on projection. Like He has a lot of projected volume. He could get there. It's not impossible, but I just don't think it's a good bet. I think, I think you want to do it. Oh, go ahead. Second, just makes a good point. If you want to do it, you got to know ball. I mean, he <laughs> says, so would you, would you need to buy the next Josh Jacobs? Would you need to know ball? I think so. I feel like a guy like Cam Akers would be the closer comp to this year's Josh Jacobs, right? Like as far as like price and like what he's done before and feeling, you know, yeah. ho-hum about the offensive situation. Damian Pierce comes to mind we talked about this yeah like he, he was fine last year in the stuff i look at and could be a workhorse and i don't like i'm not excited about the offense and i don't love the player i don't really want to take a running back there but he could he could consolidate all the work and be really good and he's not gonna i don't think he's gonna absolutely like crush in terms of like putting up a legendary season or anything because i don't think he's that good but he would be someone where i could see him i could see me being like there were signs and I, I didn't really take them that seriously. Well, Jacobs also is somebody who, I mean, he posted a 17% broken tackle rate as a rookie, which is crazy. I mean, it's a ridiculously high number averaged almost five yards per carry. And one of the other big differences I think for me is that the Raiders put out a lot of very misleading signs or just breadcrumbs, however you want to talk about it in terms of what Zamir White was for them last season with the Steelers we already know that they are aware that Jalen Warren is a similar kind of player so I think that the risk that Najee is going to go out and get all of the work and that that is also going to be the thing that kills you that risk is pretty minimal by comparison yep I agree Kyle Pitts comes off the board we are on deck here after the uh team five picks you got a couple quarterbacks kicking around here burrow herbert fields um wide receivers you're in the terry mclaurin deontay johnson brandon Ayuk range here anyone else that uh were interested well i put a couple names in the chat i i feel I feel comfortable uh, saying it in this room. Uh, JSN is not coming back. So if we want JSN, this is the pick. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. I was going to, I was going to float Terry McLaurin, who I, Ben, in your piece that I read today, you, you talked about as a floor pick. And I, I just wanted to make the case for a ceiling because I think he has one, but he's gone. So mm. I'm good with JSN. <laughs> Sean, what do you like? Because I know you got a, a few different options here. We we definitely don't. I mean, we've talked about him now, so he probably won't come back for sure. I, I was thinking that either JSN or the tight end here would be the way to go. Goddard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think we could go Goddard too. I like Goddard, but he's, I don't know. He We're going to switch for Goddard in this yeah. range. It's more like he's not like a he's not like a tight end premium type of boosted play, right? Like he's more like yards after catch, big play type of guy. I don't know. Sean, JSN or Goddard. If people are, are okay with JSN, let's do that. Yeah. We're very okay with it. We made a mistake last night not getting JSN when we wanted to get him. Let's not make the same mistake uh tonight. 
So I've got our ADP pulled up, which I can look at just the last day, which has like 20 or so drafts in Fantasy Pro's main event. And Walker, you know, overall had come back to this spot. With him going off at the 410, mm-hmm. I do think it made it a a question of, I mean, obviously you're kind of hoping Pitts is going to make it a couple more spots. The only reason that I really do like Goddard right there is I think that like all three of the Eagles pass catchers are, are rich in some ways and they have some weaknesses in that. I mean, you're basically banking on some efficiency with all three of them being elite talents in and of themselves. And then also, or at least for the wide receivers and then Goddard, maybe just a good talent. And then you're banking on that offense. One of the things, and I was there before, and then especially after, you know, reading through Pat's research on the tight ends, I actually don't like hardly any tight ends at all after this. And so yeah. it does, that's I the portion of it. out of all of them too. Right, right. It's like, oh, But it no. is interesting. I, so in my rankings, uh, Sean was kind of, you were joking about this on a recent set of videos. I, I put these big tier breaks where I think there's a big gap and I do have one after Goddard. But the way that I have tight end prior to my big tier break is Kelsey in his own tier, Andrew's in his own tier. And then I have the next four in a tier. And then I have Goddard in his own tier because I do have him like this half tier down from this Hawkinson, Waller, Kittle, Pitts range. And then the big tier break and then everyone else that we're saying, like, we don't really like anyone else. But I do think it's fair to be like Goddard's not on the same level as the first six. Like to me, that is how I ranked it. Was my point? Like I, I do think he's a clear seven I, I, in, in past defense. Yeah, I think for me, like from a best ball perspective, I, I quibble with that. You know, but because I think like Waller presents like some real injury risk as this older guy. He seems to be fading a bit, but you're gonna feel good about start. Like if he, so once we get to managed, I agree. I actually think Waller is just like a like a better managed league pick. And and you could say a half tier above Goddard for sure. Especially like when you get to tight end premium, like what's what does Goddard give you? He gives you big plays. He gives you spike week upside in the lead offense. He does give you a little bit of contingent value, I think, which is now we could be talking about some tight end premium boost. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that at all. Did- I do want to talk about this because I'm surprised at the chat. So people saying JSN over Ayuk is insane. Then they say, I like JSN, but he could be the third to start in Seattle. I mean, isn't Ayuk? I mean, we all like Ayuk, but I mean, he's also, he could legitimately be the fourth option in San Francisco's offense behind CMC, Debo, and Kittle. Like, I don't actually think it's that different. I also, and I, I really like Ayuk, but I think when you're taking him in this range, you're buying into the real drum beat that's there. And it is a valid, you know, I think it's the legit drum beat. It's like the only like camp stuff that I'm like, like adjusting the ranks on to steal the, the Denny Carter thing. But it's a legit, like Brandon Ayuk is getting the types of reports that you think he's about ready to, to absolutely take off and, and ascend into another level. But part of that, Part of the ways that that happens are if things don't consolidate. Or I mean, if things are like opening up in, in San Francisco in some way, either Debo is not playing particularly well or Kittle misses time, which he does often, or Christian McCaffrey misses time. And we have McCaffrey already, and we're already kind of saying that McCaffrey is going to be this legendary RB1. And I don't think in the scenarios where McCaffrey is a superstar running back, I'm not saying that you can't stack them together, but I, I'm not like crazy about Ayuk at this price on a, a McCaffrey build. The other thing 
the the difference between JSN and IUK is I, I think what's in front of JSN is far more surmountable than what's in front of IUK. You know, like I, I don't think JSN closing out the year as the top dog on Seattle is an insane take. I think it's probably fairly realistic where I don't know if IUK can do that in San Francisco. Uh, I think I mean, that's all the four of those for me. Yeah. All four of those 49ers are better than DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That, yeah, exactly. And I, I think the thing that I going to battle is that they don't really want to have someone emerge as like this target dominator. Like this is a team that wants to be able to attack you different ways, wants to keep you off balance, wants you to think you know what they're doing and then punch you from the other direction. So I guess I'm just, I like Ayuk. And I take Ayuk over JSN in best ball most of the time, but I don't think it's outrageous at all to take a guy who can offer you elite target dominant upside down the stretch. I mean, and that's what JSN I think offers us. Like he he could just be open constantly in the short and intermediate areas of the field. And we know Geno Smith is hyper accurate to those areas. Like it, it doesn't even have to be that he's better than anyone. It's just that he's open where his quarterback likes to throw the ball. And he and that's the case on almost every play. That's going to draw a lot of targets. So uh, some of the picks that have come in off the board. So JSN we took. Then IU, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, Joe Burrow, Chris Godwin. Goddard does go to the turn team. Also the Waller drafter. Then James Cook. Then Addison, Alexander Madison to the Joe Mixon, Najee Harris team. Justin Herbert goes to uh, an unstacked team out of the nine hole. Marquise Brown comes off the board at eight. We are on deck right now. Definitely some interesting names the, uh, the chat is very excited about Justin Fields falling this far. We'll see if the Lamar Jackson owner would double tap. Do you guys have interest in Justin Fields at 6-7? Well, I wrote him up as the best pick in whatever round he was going in this format. And so I do like him there, but I just have a hard time when I'm actually playing the leagues myself, burning a pick at QB when there are such tantalizing other options and so because tantalizing you right now sean yeah it's jk dobbins that's tantalizing sean i do like dobbins here i think dobbins is a a stealth candidate to go for two thousand yards <laughs> <laughs> let's take dobbins what are we doing take him i can't wait Chat, you're gonna have fun with this. That is so mad. I didn't realize it. We were we were counting down as well, but not from fields. Mm. The chat was getting too comfortable with liking our team. It was time to uh to go full heel. Dobbins on them. Fields is nuts. No. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> it. Here and next. That is the funny amazing. thing is, if they knew. If they knew some of the things we were discussing before the show with this team, oh, the, the entire chat's brains would just like implode <laughs> no. and just melt onto the floor, the, which the, is the so beautiful. The, the chat also has not moved from uh, yeah. from best ball season yet, I don't think, guys. It's still really early in, in the main event season. I saw a comment on James Cook going 601. FYI, guys, that's his ADP now in high stakes. He's going there. His uh, When I just looked it up the other day when I was writing up my RB Tears article, the highest he's gone in a main event, and there hasn't been a ton yet, is 501. His average, I think his ADP was like right at 60, if I'm not uh, misremembering that. 
That's like literally where he goes. Like if you want to get James Cook in a main event, that's where you take him. Uh, you might get him to fall a little bit, but to get Dobbins after him, to get Dobbins after Madison and White, like whew, feels pretty good. Yeah, yeah. People are spooked on on Dobbins. Even I mentioned to you guys, I've been doing a bunch of the weekly winners drafts, and and guys like James Cook and and Madison, they're all going ahead of Dobbins in that format too. Just people in general are are very spooked about Dobbins right now. Yeah, but I'm a little I mean, disappointed Chet... that we only have one player so far who's either injured or holding in i thought we might you know already be up to like three so <laughs> yeah i mean taylor and Brees, i would have loved to have if they fell a little further yeah i mean I, uh, justin I do... fields does go two picks after us by the way for for yeah. the people uh team four uh sex panther has a pretty fun team here tyree kill chris olave jonathan taylor eh, amari cooper but then kyle pitts and justin fields uh is a nice team totally redeemed yourself Mm. you know the thing with like jk Dobbins, right he goes one pick ahead of david montgomery like i mean you know this is kind of my thing but like the don't play running back as like a floor play like swing swing for the fences at running back like dobbins what if dobbins is just holding in is completely healthy and is going to like be back with the ravens offense pretty soon and the Ravens take a step forward. I expect all of those things to happen. I think none of them are guaranteed to happen, and I'm creating a little parlay, but I feel like I'm stringing together some favorites, and it actually pays out pretty good, that ticket. So, I mean, I don't know. Dobbins feels like a guy normally, I don't know, two, three years ago, would have been a third or fourth round pick when without the hold-in stuff. But we'd be like, ugh, man, that's so pricey. Get him in the sixth <laughs> The funny thing is that Chad doesn't realize if uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Kenneth Walker were available at certain uh, junctures, we might have uh, you know five running backs through six rounds right now. Right, they don't realize the plan it. you alluded to. You you guys don't even know what was about to happen. Yeah. Uh, Sean, how do you feel about this start? Christian McCaffrey, Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, Travis Etienne, JSN, J.K. Dobbins. I feel like right there, there's probably like. 40,000 words you've written about those players this offseason. Yeah, it's so much fun. And it's so much fun to, to come on with you guys and, and draft them. I just, I, I've got some drafts going right now that look pretty good, but I don't know if any of them compare to this. It's pretty fun. Um, we are seeing a run here of running backs. Javante Williams goes to the one hole here. They also grab up uh, Kamara. Then we see Miles Sanders come off the board. Damian Pierce, we're back to the fields in Pitts drafter. The team, the chat is lustfully uh, staring at here during this draft. Definitely some interesting names, though, for us here in the uh, in the seventh round as Michael Pittman comes off the clock. We got a guy so on the board that was in Sean's 2024 second round. That is one of my next best players at a position. That'd I also have to fun. say that from following the drafts and reading the newsletters, it's probably time to start throwing Evan Ingram out there as a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one guy Pat Corrine will not let us draft around here. Evan Ingram. He refuses to let us draft him. Even it's as such a, a good mood. Why would you do this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a dark storm cloud just came over. The yeah. 
we had to wait to select Greg Dolchich, Adam Troutman's backup instead, is what is what we had to do. Well, I'm so sorry that we have Jordan Addison on our team, guys. I'm just gonna have to apologize all season. I think. About that. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, uh, five hole bleeding out the clock here. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. there it is. That's back. <laughs> um. Sean has me hyped on George Pickens. Is there is there anyone else you guys would like to take here? I think to me it's kind of flat here. There's a few other wide receivers who I would be interested in in the queue, but I don't feel strongly. So if you guys strongly prefer Pickens, I'm I'm good with it. That was who who Sean ranked in the second round that I was referring to. But there's actually another guy that he ranked in the second round that's here too, and another guy that I know he likes just as much as those guys. Sean, who is it going to be? You got you Who's got the, the four. Pick, I, I agree with that. I like I like Pickens. I think uh, some of the things that they did last season artificially deflated his ability to command targets. Now it's always been a little bit of an issue, even stretching back. Obviously, I think you could make the case that, in some ways, even his really impressive season as a a rookie in the SEC, but with how dominant he's been in their camp with Deontay Johnson and some of the other players, they are also being able to challenge defenses. And with the big play ability and, I mean, the contested catch ability is unreal. And you also have a guy here who seems already sort of beloved by his teammates, by his quarterback, and probably has one of the best personalities in the mm-hmm. NFL. And I do think that that kind of thing, Hang on, Sean. you know, are you it's going to be tiny. <laughs> that I, I i read a fantastic article on the ringer i think i think by kevin clark about him and just the fact that this dude like goes out of his way on every single play regardless of if he's involved in the play not involved in the play i mean he he loves to talk about his blocking which i have no idea is even good or not but he goes out of his way every play to be weird and sometimes to run the routes incorrectly because he thinks the defensive back is going to be very is going to execute his own plan well on some of those routes. And so if you blow your route, the defender is not going to know what you're doing. Now, I mean, some of these things you could argue maybe aren't the thing you actually want. This from sounds like a big old receiver. brain idea to me. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, Pickens is, I mean, he's a crazy, weird, fun dude who also happens to be just a fantastic football player stretching back a long time. And I mean, to be able to get him in the seventh round is only possible because he had serious injuries in college and maybe because he is weird. And that's turned off, you know, some people who let him fall to like the 50th pick of the reality draft. So, yeah, I mean, I do think there's a little bit of risk with Pickens that he just gets buried by Deontay Johnson, like being up there and leading the NFL in targets. But even then, I think you got a decent floor and the ceiling is just it's so much fun and it's, it's really, really high. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Sean, you might look at George Pickens and you might, you might see a very simpatico, you know, personality. I got Sean, you're willing to get weird in drafts. George Pickens willing to get weird while running his routes. I feel like you guys might be on the same wavelength. It, it, it definitely feels good to have him on the team. <laughs> so our team here through seven rounds, I, I fucking love this team. CMC, Jalen Waddle, T Higgins, Travis Etienne, JSN, JK Dobbins, George Pickens. Uh, this is a super fun team. Pat, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm not. I, so my concern with Pickens is the route running. Uh, 
he didn't really get open last year, and that's based on uh, reception perception and ESPN open score. I might be overstating the reception perception, uh, but he was saying he uh, Matt Harmon had him as a long-term starting X receiver, uh, but was saying he thought we needed to pump the brakes a bit on his ceiling. Um, and in open score, he didn't rate very well. It wasn't terrible. He's actually rated next right next to Mike Williams, which I kind of think is fitting, right? Like it's like probably not going to get open that well, but he's going to make those fun catches with the long arms and, and everything and um, got amazing hands and all that. But that that's the part that concerns me a little bit, especially next to Deontay Johnson. So I've been mixing him in in the seventh, but he hasn't been a huge target for me there. Um, I uh, I don't want to mention anyone else in case they went. Oh, I, I, yeah, I was going to actually float Mike Evans, although he's, he's less fun. And then Dotson was the other guy that I thought would yeah. be pretty interesting. Um, but again, I think yeah. it is flat and I like, I certainly like the idea that you're getting Pickens now, you know, several years removed from the ACL. Maybe the offense takes a step forward. Deontay he gets open, but he doesn't really do much other than that. Like maybe they just, you know, move Pickens up in sort of the play calling hierarchy. We see for more first reads. Um, so I, I think as an upside swing, it's it's a good one. I think it can be a real trap to get like too hung up in what team observers are saying. Because, I mean, often that stuff is actually already priced in or already factored into how fantasy analysts are thinking about it. And then if you factor it in again, you're, you're double counting in a way that then starts to lead you in the wrong direction. But kind of building off what Pat just said there, a lot of people you know, in and around the Steelers think that that target gap between those two guys is going to come down dramatically. And if it did then, I mean, Pickens would be in great shape. I also love Dotson, and he's somebody I draft ahead of Pickens, depending on the situation. His ADP here suggested to it to us that like there was at least a slight chance he would come back, mm-hmm. but obviously didn't. We So the picks, so we took Pickens. Uh, the picks that came off the board after Cam Akers, uh, Trevor Lawrence, DeAndre Swift, Michael Thomas, Jahan Dotson, who we were mentioning, was probably in the conversation there as well. Mike Evans and Cortland Sutton go at the turn to the 12-team. Zay Flowers, then Dalvin Cook, Isaiah Pacheco were up in two picks. We'll see what the Trevor Lawrence drafter does here. Looking at the top of the queue here, you see names like James Conner, Pat Fryermuth, Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, Antonio Gibson. We'll see what comes back to us here in the eighth round as we have four wide receivers, three running backs, no quarterbacks, no tight ends, no kicker, no defense, no Justin Tucker quite yet, guys. I will say on the just to close out the Pickens thing, like if if one of him or Dotson is just gonna like take over the offense, to me it is Pickens. I think that's that's the way. Like, if he, I just think he has the higher upside of like, because he can he can get downfield in a way that Johnson's just not going to be able to do. And if he ends up being the number one receiver and their primary downfield threat, and he can separate a bit better as a second year player, which wouldn't be shocking, uh, then yeah, I, he he definitely feels like the bigger swing. So I'm I'm glad we went that way. The chat yeah. is just me and Pete talking about options. Picking <laughs> Pat or. Or Shaw has looked at it, but uh, we're talking about a guy in there too because wants to look at it. So Elijah Moore goes. Uh, I was like running back has been pretty wiped out here. Uh, what are you guys seeing? 
I like the player you have in the queue. I do think there's a slight chance he could come back, but probably won't. And with the build that we have, I think he's the most fun way to play. I was going to float Elijah Moore, but then he does mm-hmm. go, um, you know, you're going to start looking at Chiefs receivers in this range. Gretch, Pat, any other thoughts? I don't know I who's in the queue. Quentin Johnson. I, okay. The That's man whose name yeah. is literally Q is in the queue. Uh, that would that would be my preference. Just swing. For the we're fences. all in, we're all in lockstep. Then Quentin Johnston. John, you think there is a chance he comes all the way back to nine oh six? You're saying? I think you're crazy. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's I mean, going to happen. If we passed on him there, it, I'm seeing in the last day that he's going at nine oh three, and yeah. I mean you could start to throw in like, man, that dude. Like he dropped so many passes and, and like he let a couple of get into his body. Like he let him get into his body. You can't. I mean, you can't take the guy who's going to lead his body. You can't take the guy who's going to lead the Chargers in targets if he lets some of those targets get into his body. Come on. Wait, Sean. Sean, how many players? Because you guys, Ben referenced it. You guys just did your podcast on projecting the 2024 first two rounds. How many players have we selected from those? two rounds collectively from you guys. Well, Everyone the funny thing is, happens. yeah, the, the, my 2000 yard rusher is the only one who wasn't in that group. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's stealth shot. That's why it's, the that stealth. is why it's stealth. Yeah, it's stealth. Yeah. yeah. UJ was his two twelve. Wow. Yeah. Uh, That's incredible. You're one Oh four and you're one Oh six. And neither of those is McCaffrey. Oh man. That's great. Yeah, where did you where did you guys have where did you guys have McCaffrey? Did you have him out? Late first. Sean might have had him two oh one. I had him like one eleven. Okay. Yeah, we, we were we both put Cup McCaffrey and Tyreek back to back to back. I think I had it nine ten eleven and he had it eleven twelve two oh one, if I remember right. Well now that I have an emotional connection to him that's greater here, I'm gonna move him up three or four spots. But yeah, I think <laughs> it's just with that workload split in San Francisco, you get a year older if he does get any dings, which we hope he doesn't do. And then, I mean, you're, you're starting to even, you know, even really good players who have hung on, like, I mean, Dalvin Cook is actually a lot better, I think, than at least the Vikings realize. Um, Alvin Kamara could still do some things, but, and, and Christian McCaffrey is a lot better than those guys. I, I would love for him to have a Marshall Falk type of, I mean, but yeah, I mean, you start to get to that range, I think. And, and one of the things too, is that you put a guy who's kind of a running back and is in that age range at the one, two turn. It's actually a really positive sign for him in terms of what you think he's going to accomplish this season for the reasons that, you know, Pat just mentioned, you know, he might even be a little bit lower on Austin Eckler right here. I mean, Eckler is coming off <laughs> a tournament winning season and he's still a little bit tough in that range. Uh, we Wait, got a lot of kind of in on on Dalvin Cook. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I, if we look at Aaron Rodgers' running backs and how that whole thing could be set, and I do have a little bit of concern <laughs> about what the Jets might do, but I think it is an offense that could generate a lot of total EP to the running backs. And I think that I mean one of the things that is interesting, I think, for Stevenson is that Elliott could be so bad that it helps Stevenson's volume cook could be so good that it keeps a lot of those drives going 
to where the Jets become the scoring machine. And if you have the guy who's basically now just soaking up the Carter Knight Abanacanda touches and does it in a very efficient way, I mean, you could see that as a rising tide kind of lifting all boats within that offense and, and letting those guys score. That being said, I, I'm not comfortable with the price on, on Cook. I think that with him not actually being healthy and being, you know, in all likelihood, Brees is back up. This feels a little bit rich. Yeah, Dalvin Cook goes at 8-3 in this draft. Brees Hall goes at 4-2. After we took QJ, we get Khalil Herbert, Sky Moore, roll the clip, James Conner, Kadarius Tony, and then the one-hole double taps, uh, Deshaun Watson, David Njoku. Also want to mention, we got a bunch of you guys watching here. If this is your first time to the Ship Chasing YouTube, we are drafting all of our high-stakes leagues here down the home stretch. Get subscribed next week. Our programming schedule on Wednesday night, we are drafting an NFFC primetime high-stakes draft with our guys, the Buckeye Boomers from the Ship Chasing Discord. And then a week from tonight at 10 p.m., same time as tonight, with the legend Crack Rock, we will be drafting an FFPC main event team it is time to uh, get all of the inside sources and figure out why he was wrong about Dalvin Cook not siding <laughs> with, with the Jets. So we'll, well get he wasn't that. completely wrong, right? Like the, he he did leave, and they, you know, but then he did side. So he was ultimately wrong, but he looked <laughs> like he looked a little less wrong than he could have looked. Yeah. So that'll be. Uh, next week here also if you guys are enjoying this ffpc main event we did just wrap up our slow first slow main event draft that we hopped in probably a couple weeks ago we recorded uh an otc mini series where we hopped on the clock for a lot of our decision points those videos are available for youtube members if you guys uh become a youtube member 4.99 a month gets you access to our private discord as well as that premium content i also do best ball after dark series that are available to youtube members as well so pretty good bang for your buck there at 4.99 a month i'm going to be doing one with eric Bime for tomorrow afternoon if you guys are youtube members and we are about to be on the clock i'll also in say the middle. if yeah, you want to listen to the first couple episodes i think the first three are out but it's kind of mm -hmm. like you know it's like uh you want to binge it you know i got you hooked with the three eps and you're looking to finish up the series <laughs> subscribe mm -hmm. and you can watch the videos crack out all the episodes at once it is true um yeah we got the the podcast feed all of our episodes pop up there as well 905 is on the clock we are on deck here our team cmc jalen waddle t higgins travis Etienne, jsn jk dobbins george pickens quentin johnston Sean, any thoughts here about this ninth round pick? Well, uh, among the sort of positions that we're talking about, I do have a pretty strong preference for the wide receiver. And one of the things I kind of pitched to you guys before the show was that maybe running back paths were going to give us this extreme upside for filling the flex. And yet this particular draft, I think, has given us some names and some guys that in a more traditional I mean, obviously this isn't a zero rb draft but stylistically there are some things that we've been able to accomplish that if we do hit the one more guy here i think it gives us just massive upside does the name rhyme with smirks <laughs> it does <laughs> with a smirk but we do we do have an interesting <laughs> series oh, of moment. considerations <laughs> 
Sorry. No. Scratch. I didn't. I should have. I should have built some <laughs> drama. I mean, Scratch. He said, "Does it rhyme with smirks?" And Sean said, "It does." <laughs> it's over. If you wanted someone else, you had to speak up before that. I had like forty-seven comments in our private chat about his pick, and, and it just was, "Does it rhyme with smirks?" And then B click yes on fifty <laughs> seconds left to go. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, were probably exactly. gonna go with Ferks no matter what, <laughs> but you never got to say your piece. He was so. a key part of the discussion, so yeah. Well, I do think the other guy that we're really looking at there, I, I think there's a really strong chance he comes back. So, from that perspective, that was one of them there. Pat Frymuth, I think, is kind of the last of a group, but there's some interesting ways to play tight end later. I don't think we had to go there. Probably would have been I, my third choice. Talk, talk about Fryermuth because he's a guy I've been drafting a lot. Uh, Sean, you were talking a little bit about Darnell Washington. I was looking into some of the stuff about Darnell Washington, who's having an incredible camp, getting some rave reviews. I could notice a little bit of trepidation in your voice on Monday's or Wednesday's Best Ball Breakfast, specifically about Darnell Washington. Is that changing the Fryermuth thesis a little bit for you? It is for me because – I, you know, and again, wrapping in with some of the notes that, that Pat had on him, but I think that Fryermuth is like the next guy who has that TJ Hawkinson breakout potential. And yet, you know, maybe the quarterback play doesn't help you quite as much. I think for me too, I tend to draft Fryermuth, you know, a lot in best ball when I have JSN and he's the last way to put that together. I probably don't prefer to play him maybe as much when I already have a Steelers receiver. But the other thing that just, you know, again, with that Washington deal is that, I mean, I think he was the guy who really surprisingly in the draft became a little yeah. bit less of a priority than players who just aren't good or, you know, at least have to outperform their profiles to justify where they were picked. And I mean, Washington looks like he's going to be a massive steal for them. And I don't think that that stops. I mean, if Fryermuth is is good, I mean, if he's the next guy to make the leap, then Washington's not going to be a problem. But if he's a little bit down, or if the offense does do the thing where they lean into their running backs who aren't good, then at this price, probably there are other better options. That's the yeah. exact uh, comp that I've been making, like sort of the whole off season and that uh, uh, Hawkinson, but for, for Fryer Muth to do that sort of requires, uh, Pete, I'm going to share this yards per route run lookup thing I have. Will you pull this up really quick? Yeah. So this is yards per route run, routes, yards per target, targets per route run, the weighted targets per route run. And then on the far right, you have their percentages of like pass blocking, slot, wide, inline, et cetera. Main thing is Hawkinson is rookie year in 2019. Lower yards per out run had a 19.5% targets per out run. Literally the same as Fryermuth's rookie season. Similar A dots, especially where Fryermuth was in his second year at 8.4. And Fryermuth took a similar step forward in targets per out run. But the big number for Fryermuth is those routes. 395 in his rookie year, 435 last year. Hawkinson last year finally got to 573 routes there. His yards per out run still in that same range that Fryermuth was in. Actually, Fryermuth last year's yards per out run better than all of Hawkinson's career years, but you see how it's a really similar profile from even from the year one to year two leap that Fryermuth did. Fryermuth's TDs fell off last year, and that's the thing that could actually bounce back in his favor. But I think this comp is really interesting. 
But I also think you guys are making a great point. And Pat also made a great point in his article. And I moved Fryman with down a significant uh, tier break in my rankings after reading Pat's write-up about Darnold Washington, about the run block snaps, because that routes number is really the key for whether or not Fryman can be Hawkinson. Yeah, and I, I'll note that Washington, I believe, also fell in the draft due to some injury concerns that, like, I don't know, don't seem to be a big deal now. You know, he's crushing in camp. So, you know, it's one of those things where maybe they were being prudent to discount him a little bit, but it doesn't, those, whatever those concerns were, do not appear to be manifesting with any issues so far. And he is just a massive dude. Like, <laughs> he is going to crush as a run blocker. I think we can, we can count on that. And yeah, my whole article is basically just pointing out that. You know, the guys who crush his run blockers are usually out there when they fake the run, too. And play action snaps and play action routes, more specifically, are actually really valuable for tight ends, especially for touchdown production. And that's another thing where you look at Washington, he's 6'7". He's out there blocking in goal line sets. Like, is it going to be him or is it going to be Firemouth who benefits from play action stuff at the goal line if he's if he has a meaningful role? You know, it just starts to make you a little bit worried. Um but I, I still I still do like Firemouth. I, I don't want to be out because I think he he does have that Hawkinson kind of breakout profile. I agree with that. So we got a lot of running backs come off the board. We also, after Firemouth, you saw Kincaid and Higby and Schultz go. The running backs, we saw Charbonnet, Jamal Williams, Jalen Warren, Samaje Ryan, Tank Bigsby, Rashad Penny. We are on deck here. We're going to see what the seven hole does. Definitely some interesting names here. For us, depending on how we play it, we still have no tight ends on our team. Every team on the back side of this board has already selected at least one oh. tight end. Devon A chain comes off the board. I I had earmarked him. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? I kind of like Sean's tight end at this point. Get our first in tight end in the chat. What do you? I'm. I would lean quarterback here, but I'm open to there, the tight end for sure. There's no reason to do quarterback here. None. <laughs> I, Pat, I wrote it out in the chat. There's no way. Every single team behind us already has a quarterback. No one's sniping oh, our okay, second okay. quarterback here. Right. Um, is it Sean? Who, who do you like here as far as running back or wide receiver or tight end? Well, I don't think the exciting tight end comes back. So if we want him, I think we have to take him. I also just like stacking or stashing Jamison Williams, but. I strongly prefer the tight end if you guys are good with that. I strongly prefer the tight end too. Sean, I, I don't like, know what you're doing with Jameson Williams, but the camp reports are, are there's never been a player with worse vibes in the history yeah, of football. You just you just <laughs> talked of George Pickens vibes and personality, and we're gonna take Jameson Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very concerned about the Jameson Williams vibes, man. Like mm. he would have brought down the 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 excitement of this squad. So we don't want the locker room presence is, is what I'm getting here. Yeah, that's the concern for sure. Yeah. So, Sean, talk about he's not going to play the rest of preseason now with the hamstring that came out today. Like he's not even going to get reps before he's suspended when he needed to get some reps in. He's going to come back. That's and fine. Play. His, co- his coach doesn't think he has terrible hands, right? So that's not. A yeah. Problem, so. He also only ran him on like ten routes a game to end the season last Guys, year. When he let's was talk healthy. about Sam Laporta. <laughs> Do am I but the he, only does, one? He has more than one career reception, here? though, right? He definitely. Yeah, no, he actually doesn't. No, <laughs> I'm the only one who knows how to do this. Um, Sean, talk about <laughs> Sam Laporta. Well, I mean, Laporta was one of these guys where once you get into all of that prospect stuff, it was really interesting because you have 
someone who you know is productive he has some of those you know after the catch types of things i mean he's the next guy right to be a superstar and dalton kincaid because of the buffalo bills connection has been pushed up and i'm not saying that that won't also work out i mean you could get multiple guys from this draft but i mean laporta is the far opposite end of the spectrum from the, the jokes we've got going with with Williams here, where the Detroit Lions absolutely love him. They drafted him because they think that he is the guy who beats this type of you know evolving defense that you're going to face all year long. They think that Sam Laporta is basically the defense breaker. And I mean, Sam Laporta is also a freak athlete, right? You've got him training with people like George Kittle who are saying, I mean, like this guy is unstoppable. He's unbelievable. Now, I mean, some of those quotes you get from the players are going to be like some of the quotes you get from me where occasionally there's a tad bit of hyperbole in there, but there are so <laughs> many things that are pointing in the same direction for Sam Laporta that, you know, when you, when you have a shot here, I mean, the thing I'd be concerned about is just, you're taking a rookie tight end for your first tight end. So you're probably going to have to continue to make some, you know, build some other contingencies in as you go along, which isn't, the most comfortable thing when we've already sort of said we don't like the tight ends going forward. But I mean, Laporta, I just, he could be so good. And especially if Williams is not going to factor in all season. I mean, you're talking about an offense that's going to be Amon Ra, Laporta, and Gibbs. And all three of those guys are going to be absolutely electric. Yeah. How, I mean, to me, it's like once, once you see Higby and Schultz come off the board, I mean, it's, Laporta feels like a slam dunk. I mean, do you do you think his ADP could rise even more? I mean, everything out of camp yeah. Yeah. sounds incredible. There's there's no reason. Like, I, I don't know what's stopping the Laporta hype at this point. Well, it feels Waller-esque in a sense. It's like, you know, you just keep hearing, like, they have a plan to use this guy a lot. And he's, you know, with Waller, it's, I think, maybe people kind of recovering from the injury stuff a little bit. But also just like the drumbeat of, this dude's their number one receiver. You're not hearing that with Laporta, but he is immediately cemented himself as their starting tight end. Like right, to me, like one of the reasons we're worried about rookie tight ends is that it takes them a while usually to work into a full-time role. But if Laporta is in a full-time role out of the gate, I mean, that's very, that's very bullish. And I think people will eventually kind of start to push him up and start drafting him. Like he's a starting tight end. I mean, maybe not a ton more than this, but, I don't see any reason why you couldn't take him ahead of Higby. Right. I mean, for sure. So yeah, that's easy. Outside the question of, is, could he could he flip Kincaid and Fryer move? I think he. Like, here's a here's a take. I think in in managed league like this, he probably should flip Kincaid. Yeah, I like that. He's gonna so be an easier. From, he's gonna be an easier weekly start than Kincaid. He's gonna be an easier he, weekly start than for Kincaid. Sure. Yes. Separate from my drafts with Pete. I am up to, I think, 52 BBMs. And so I'm like a third of the way there or whatever it is. I thought you were going to say 52% Laporta. Sorry, go ahead. I'm at 37.5. Is that too much? <laughs> Close. Close. That's what we were added. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. I need to get more Laporta. Yeah. I had too. so much um, Laporta pre-draft. I'm at 14.5% Laporta, so I feel... I feel real shame right now. I need to slide some of my Dolchich exposure over to. Lewis. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> see if Underdog will take some trade ins. <laughs> I had to slide Dolchich way down my ranks. That's I'm getting that was a shame. That. Yeah, this yeah. this feels like the point of the show where Shad makes an impassioned case for for Dolchich at eleven. <laughs> 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 
Um, so the picks since we took Laporta, Gainwell, the chat was reacting to now going at 10 8, McKinnon 10 9, Dubs, Juju, Tyler Boyd, Zay Jones, Roshan at 11 2, Odell 11 3, Tajay Spears, a guy we all like at 11 4. We are on deck. We'll see what the Gainwell drafter does here. Sean, are you, uh, is this, uh, you want to build out a Lions bet here if he makes it back? Well, not now. I mean, <laughs> I'm starting to worry that Williams is going to be dropping passes for the rest of our guys. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a I have a rule on this show. If someone makes a case for a guy and he comes back, you know, 12 picks later, you take Wait, that guy. That's just my the case for Tua. We don't have any interest in Jamison Williams. Like I have, I couldn't be less interested in taking Jamison. Williams. I love that you were like, "Don't talk about him." And me and Pat were like, "We're, we're trying like, we to don't get want picked, him." Like, no, I mean, I'm doing a bad job of it. Who, who are you guys worried about taking to it? The eleven hole. Oh, there he goes. Oh, yeah. But we're still not taking Tua here. Dude, Tua's the pick. He, he's past ADP and he's stacked with our number one wide receiver. What do you mean That's... past ADP? We've we've taken Tua in two straight main event drafts in the eleventh round. This is where he goes. This isn't past ADP. This is where it he is goes. Literally past ADP. His ADP is at ten ten. We've gotten him twice in the eleventh round. It is no the eleventh round, Pete. Hang on, Sean. Eleventh round. Sean, tell the people that there's a better pick. Well, he's the only only guy currently in the queue. I the the players that I would push for here over him, I think, can be drafted later. And I do actually think that Tua just separate from ADP is the most undervalued quarterback by a country mile. So I guess I would probably prefer not to risk the guy who doesn't have a QB taking it. Yeah. Now we have a hundred percent exposure to so Tua in, in made of so concussions, and I, it's fair. I'm, I'm not of afraid of concussions. I legit think we could have gotten him at twelve seven, full stop. I mean, Who's maybe, taking but Tua? like, I don't know. He... The opportunity cost wasn't like what? What did we pass up? There's no one else. I'm Damian Harris is the next best running back on my board. Did you want me to do another Damian Harris? Thing? <laughs> yeah, well, your board is a lot different than everyone else's board. Who doesn't have <laughs> Damian Harris? <there>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly would have rather have taken Dolchich or Algier or I, I, I legit think you can push quarterbacks in these rooms. Like, look at the board here. The Zay Flowers. Did. Yeah, we did. We already we did pushed it. him five rounds behind You guys Lawrence, are acting dude. like this is after ADP. We've gotten Tua it in is. two main events at this exact same spot. This know, is where he got, goes. We've gotten him. I mean, ADP is like literally a thing, and it's ADP Pat, is in the 10th round. Have, I don't know what, what you're saying. Pat, listen to this. What are you when actually you saying? Because he, he has a 10th round. We don't have a stack with Waddle yet. This is our first is Waddle. Are you saying that draft? the two drafts that we got are more powerful signal yes. than the average of all drafts? Because that's fucking nuts. The Tyree Kill drafter is behind us. There is no candidate. Pat, how many drafts have you done on Underdog where Tua falls because people do not want to take Tua on Yeah, but no one is will... taking. We have Waddle in the the Hill Drafter is behind us. It's not happening. I, There's I, one okay. team on the board who doesn't have a QB. You're, you're I would have probably right that we could have gotten have. Tua in the twelfth round, but there's no yeah. one that was even floated that like makes it move a little. Like I don't, I, I don't I even two players. What's the point? I know, yeah. but I, I, I'm not. I don't know. It just felt like it feels to me like you're getting cute a little bit if you're saying the room can't do something stupid and you're doing it to facilitate something you're not even that excited about. Where it's just like, hey, you know, at this point, guys, 10 picks after 80p or whatever, let's grab them. And uh, 
stack them up and and that's a nice pick for us and i don't know the guy we get next round will probably be pretty similar to the guy we could have gotten instead i do think running back gets wiped out here really quickly and and I, I that's do, the one that's I would buy. The Dulcich one, rooms. I don't, I don't see the Dulcich one. He's got to have fallen into a tier that stretches back for rounds. But I, I think you're, you, you can make a case that we could have went running back. I think I'll agree with that. Damon uh, Harris was there. I mean, we're all, we're all looking for the guy who wanted to grab <laughs> <Damon> Harris. <laughs> I, I am, yeah. I think there's something to that argument. But we, we're so I'm, strong at running back. I'm just, you know, it's like, you know, let's just. The here, I'll give you guys one here. So the the team from the ten hole took Dak Prescott. So uh, he definitely could have gone, but I also right. think uh, we we could have pushed it. We could have pushed it, and I'd be have been down to push it if that guy know, has like, three receivers, six running backs, <laughs> and just took his QB two. Like, yeah, like that's the other part shit. about you can push it in these rooms, but also you get you get crazy stuff. In yeah, these rooms. yeah, it just would have really stung in my mind if we lost him for something that we're like, I don't even give a shit that we took that guy. You know? I will say there's, this though. The the guy who takes Dak Prescott, the guy who takes Dak Prescott as his second QB with three wide receivers, he thinks that two is getting a cushion in week two and is never He thinks he's not tough enough <laughs> yeah. for sure. He thinks the concussions are a sign of of like his weakness as a human being. Exactly. Uh, I, I do agree with you that it was it was flat. Like I, I wish I had someone to run to the podium just yeah. so like I didn't have that guy. Uh, I get I get it. if if you had that guy, then I would have felt sick to my stomach. But we probably just take that guy. Well, because in our slow main event draft that we're doing with the slow bros, Jalen Warren almost made it, and we were in a similar spot where we had Tyree yeah. Kill, and I was going to push for Jalen Warren over two in that spot. Jalen Warren goes one pick before we didn't have a Jalen Warren pick here, so. Right, right. That's the key, I think. Yeah. Uh, I would say that if there, if there was a guy, Rasheed Rice would probably be it for me. I was hoping mm. that he would come back to us for the 12th round there. I, yeah. I do think he would be a lot more expensive if Sky Moore hadn't busted last year. They're different. He's, I mean, he's like this discount Quentin Johnston, and that would be fun with Patrick Mahomes. So I think that was a good pick by the drafter there at the turn. Let's recap this team through 11 rounds. So we got uh, our running backs are CMC, Travis Etienne, and J.K. Dobbins. Um, our wide receivers, Jalen Waddell, T. Higgins, JSN, George Pickens, Quentin Johnson, Traylon Burks. And then we just grabbed our first tight end, Sam Laporta, and our first quarterback, Tua, here. Uh, still loving this team, though. Casey Brink likes it. This draft is fire. These guys know ball. <laughs> Casey Brink didn't say that, but I was just imagining that. <laughs> that's what he say. means. <laughs> he that's means what he really that means. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little mad he didn't say that now. Sean, <laughs> Sean, let me ask you a question. Do you know ball? I uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of moments. We need to, you know, it's been a, a couple years since we've updated the ship chasing reel and I there's a couple moments we need to bookmark tonight. That was a good I one. used to, yeah. I used to try to get Sean to say he's a piss boy. Now I just tried to get him to say he knows ball. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, excuse me. Oh, wow, if we're getting a Gretsch for now, we're really cooking. Um, uh, right. Damon Harris went. I was, you know, I was pouring pouring one out for Damon Harris. Gretch wrote 6,000 words in our private chat about Damon Harris, and now he's off. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't want him ever. 
um, all right. We well, see, that's the guy uh, I actually put in our private chat was Moser. Yeah, yeah Moser comes off the board. Eli Mitchell, Gerald Everett, Damian Harris, Samir White, Raheem Mostert at the start of this 12th round here. What do you think, Sean? Well, I know that there have not been a lot of positive developments for the guy that a lot of us thought was the probably the fourth best wide receiver prospect in this draft. But with being fairly set at some of these positions, he would be kind of interesting here as a look toward a little bit later in the season, setting up some of those kinds of possibilities. There is a running back here who I think is really talented and has managed to like do everything weird possible to like knock down his value. He would be somebody that I think, you know, again, kind of pointing toward the second half of the season, even though a lot of people were hoping that he could do something early. I mean, those are kind of the two guys I'm probably most fired up about. We kind of the most the, fun picks. Let's we push could also the back. There's, I mean, the tight end you floated last time is here, right? Pete? Dolce? Yeah, he is. But yeah, he's here. I, oh, yeah. I like the receiver. The receiver. I'm I'm, I'm good with the receiver because receiver is going to dry up after this pick. Yeah. Like, this is probably our last We're talking about Marvin Mims, right? right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm good with Marvin Mims. I just want to say, you yeah. know, we were supposed to take Dulce's over too. And he's no, here, so I mean, I, I'm 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 Mims here. We yeah, doing it? You don't acknowledge that it was flat otherwise. All right, you all right. Uh, this is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. I'm hot because I'm flat. You ain't because you mad. <laughs> this is where we at. 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 Why? Why? this is why we hot remix i've never heard that one what i like oh, about man. that clip Perfect. my favorite part is when Mims is like run over the middle field and he gets like tackled by like this shoestring ankle tackle bullshit that he should not get tackled by, but then he gets up and does this like really sweet celebration. And I'm like, I'm back in. <laughs> As Andrew says, uh, rest in peace to all of your uh Mims shares. That's the Mims mush. Yeah. The Mims oh, mush is the Mims mush. We've the got Mims, it. We got a Mims clip from the crew who has mushed LaVisca. I had not seen that clip before. I love it. That's that right. We sent that in. Yeah. We bushed Skybar and now we will bush Marvin Nibs. Did Pete, did you make that or did someone else make that? No, I believe Chris. Was that you? I'm pretty sure it was Chris. Uh Chris, please, I, I I apologize. There's been a lot of people I've worked with on clips. Sean, were you talking about Kendra Miller as the running back? Yeah. I was, but I I I'm still like processing that clip. And I really like Texas Tech's <laughs> back end defense there. It was Phil. My bad, Phil. Phil, I, I, worked, I worked with Chris on another clip. Look at that. I That clip just got Sue Ann to become a YouTube member. Jesus. That's how you know we're, yeah. we're, we're doing good things around here. Awesome job, Phil. I Sean, forgot. I thought we could push Kendra. I, I've seen him uh, go as late as 1310 um, and, and, and took him at 1310 just earlier this week. So a little bit surprised to see him go there, honestly, because I've seen him go to the 13th round multiple times. But yeah, he did go 
right after us. Mm. We're getting we're getting a little thin at running back, but the chat pointed out a little bit ago we do have three two thousand yard rushers on our team, so we don't <laughs> actually need to worry too much. <laughs> yeah, it is I funny. Like that, we, that was fun. It was, and we set out to do a robust running back draft, and and now we're all like, oh man, these running backs are flying off the board. Feeling a little naked here at running back. Well, it reminds me a little bit of the NFC draft that we did with Leone. Um, I mean, and that's, yeah. that was only two guys. Like, I don't know. The upside that we have at running back is pretty ridiculous. I mean, we're, we've got McCaffrey going for 2,000 total yards. Dobbins is going for 2,000 yards uh, on the ground. How many yards do we have from ETN? His coach says 1,700, so just right. boost that by a couple. I mean, he's going to catch some passes too, right? So That's right. So he's there's another 2,000 total yards. So we got- Why didn't we draft Dobbins ahead of ETN if Dobbins is going for 2,000 and ETN's going for 1,700? Touchdowns, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd also like to say that since we have three running backs, we could be done at the position. I think wow. I think we could too, yeah. It, it that sounds really fun. I did. I'm always in to get weird. So after we take Mims, Jeff Wilson goes, Kendra Miller goes, Devin Singletary, Chig, Alan Lazard, the Watson drafter adds Kirk Cousins to complete his stack with Justin Jefferson. And we are staring down our 13th round <clears throat> pick here. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options at one position especially if we don't care to take any more running backs. I'm not like, <laughs> doing a great job of hiding the position I'm talking about. Yeah, running back. Jerome Ford. Ford. We, Jerome we Ford's interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's hurt right now. but He's hurt, like, and I don't. it sounds like he's iffy for week one, which okay. I guess he's kind of, well, Fournette's out there, right? So that would be the, the concern. One of the things that you had written about, Ben and I hadn't necessarily seen, but I have seen in some other, I have at least seen referenced in some other places as I tried to confirm that sense is this idea that I mean, Ford is really locked in to that two spot, at least according to the people reporting on the Browns. And I just talked about it on the broadcast. You're you're referencing my preseason stealing signals. And I I heard on the broadcast, they were talking about it like it was very, very clear. They held him out. This is before he got hurt in practice, but they held him out because he's very locked in. And the battle is for the number three job. I mean, mean, that was. They absolutely love him. And I mean, there's standalone value plus there's contingent value. And hopefully we would never need to use this standalone value with the guys that we have. But he is an interesting pick, I think, at this price. Ty Chandler goes, is uh, is Jerome Ford the pick here, guys? It's I mean, that or point, it's a, you're tight I on. would take Dulcich at this point. That's what, That was the other, I was going to be like, at this price. Sean, where are you, are you uber spooked on Dulcich where he's not a value here? Well, my exposures are so, are, they're high enough that I am now not adding. But at this price, it's a little bit ridiculous. Not ridiculous, but just I don't even think he has to be a guy who runs a ton of routes. If they are willing to play him at this price, yeah. it helps you. Right. If we're doing and it helps us if we have a this. rookie tight end as our, our top guy. Like, I don't know. I think he can kind of like I don't know, like be a kind of a bust and still help us. Also, the guy who is in theory playing ahead of him is not good. And at some point you would expect right. the team to move in a different direction. 
Yeah, I think that's I'm, I'm definitely down. I, w- I was down for, for Dolchich earlier. So you guys want to do it? Yeah, I'm yeah. in. All right, let's do it. You wanted to push two, or we wanted to push Dulcich. Hey, uh, we got a flip, right? Both of us were right. <laughs> oh, roll it. Wait. Oh, shit. You're right. God, I'm slacking. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's so beautiful. I love the He's like feeling awkward. He feels really awkward. He's like, why is this guy talking about my hair? Just trying to meet my fucking coach. Well, if we want to take JJ Taylor, we can uh, complete the triumvirate. (laughs) By the way, like Dulcich looked like a you know we got our clip. Everything's looking good, and then sure enough. He's basically he benched for he Adam Troutman. Yeah. yeah, we mushed him. It was a that's right. It was a sneaky mush that time. Sneaky mush. Dude, All right. The David Bell one was the worst because that's that's an incredible clip, and we didn't we only got to play it like five times, and he's just gone. He's I know, man. Have you guys ever thought about like streaming some baseball? <laughs> <laughs> David Bell's a cautionary tale of these players we fall in love with, and you're like, man, he could. He could just be the Jarvis Landry on the Browns. Let's make a clip for him. Next thing you know, he's out of our <laughs> he's lives. He's 2023 forever. Jarvis Landry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Jerome Ford does go off the board to Team 9 here. Some interesting constructions. Team 10 yeah. takes their oh. fourth wide receiver in the 13th round with K.J. Osborne. <laughs> Don't laugh, Gretch. <laughs> the way he said it was so good. That's funny. With KJ Osborne, just deadpan. <laughs> don't laugh, bitch. I have, you know what? You know, sometimes I don't like want to talk about picks that we might make. I've never seen like the fantasy community on Puka. Like this Puka shit is out of control. Everyone loves especially Puka. we have yet, I believe, to mention this dude's name on the show. They want a clip for him, dude. The the, the Puka slappies are just out of control right if now. If you are gonna make a, a, show, a clip, I want it. I want to get to get some Puka shells in the clip. Are you gonna <laughs> yeah. remember the Puka shell fad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I will give it to you. Like the Saints signed Jimmy Graham as a bit. Every best ball chat has Puka as a bit. Like everyone needs their bit. I like Puka. It was the Puka shell and the gelled. Remember like the gelled down, like combed out hair? Yeah. The 90s, man. What were we we doing? Uh, Luckily, I never did either of those things. My hair was too too, too frizzy. Why, why, Why would anyone take Puka when Tutu Atwell is still on the board? Right, Sean? I. I think he's pretty good. It'll Pete, be you're breaking your own rules here, bud. 
<laughs> I mean, I still have people telling me that Van Jefferson is going to have a Robert, like a peak Robert Woods year too, which I think also creates. Is that a compliment? For... A peak Robert well, Woods year? It is. For Van Jefferson, it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, who are those uh, people? Are they people you respect and trust or people that you're making fun of? I could, I, you're so deadpan here. I'm actually not sure what you're saying. It, it just, one of the things I do think is a little bit interesting and, you know, would have been potentially a discussion if we had gotten cup instead and then hadn't gotten, you know, fantastic value on two. just like, if you get into big trouble, would you feel comfortable with Matthew Stafford going back to 2021? <laughs> if like these guys who are buzzy late, at a little bit, right? I mean, I don't think that there's any way they could come through on what the buzz is, but if they would add something, does that make Stafford with Cup more interesting than, you know, it looked last year where everything was, you know, pretty traumatic? I think yeah. so. I think, I mean, I take him at best ball. I think, I think he has some upside. I think his weekly upside, like in a couple different ways, like either the weapons come on or um, he, you know, is just on a, the team is bad enough to where they have to chuck it, and his his elbow is is a bit healthier, uh, and then he has job security. So I take him. I mean, I guess he could just like re-injure the elbow, and he's old, so he's not like the safest guy in the world. But I, I've been I've been betting on him a decent amount in best ball. We got our first defense off the board. Uh, Philadelphia defense. We also see Tank Dell. Rondale Moore, uh, Geno Smith. We're about to pick in the 14th round here. We got one quarterback. We got three running backs, two tight ends, one quarterback, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wide receivers. Chase Brown comes off the board. What are you guys thinking here? I put a couple names in the chat. I don't know uh, right about the chat. One or, um, well, I think the guy that you've mentioned Ben probably gets through a round or two. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. So, what about the first name I said? Is that a guy that's interesting to anyone? It doesn't. Yeah, it's not really that interesting to me. It just kind of a value at this point. He, he's mildly interesting to me. I mean, I, yeah, so we could, we could talk about Deontay Foreman because he's not coming back. He's the top of the running back queue. Um, Chat's pounding the table for another clip. I don't, I don't they want know. Justin Tucker? Yeah, they want Tucker. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's relax on Justin Tucker. Yeah. Um, just trying to see. I mean, Foreman does almost seem like the last viable running back, so I kind of like him as our RB. Do you have any – Real, uh, like reason to not take him, Sean, as a running back that is like no, I, 17 spots lower that you just absolutely love and would smash over Deontay Foreman. No, I was going to mention Chase Brown. I there are guys who go undrafted that I think are interesting, but Foreman is the last guy who's getting drafted who I think is draftable, if that makes sense. I mean, he's yeah. the he's the last guy I think who's no, I knew there was guys that are not getting drafted that you were probably yeah. willing to take over Deontay Foreman. <laughs> Well, but I mean, there are players who I think are not going who will end up being interesting waiver wire ads. I mean, obviously that always happens. I think you could put him there in round 20. But of the guys who are being drafted right now, I think that Foreman is the last person who is just even rosterable right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. Got it. I mean, looking at the names after, so we take Foreman here in the 14th round, just at the top of the queue by ADP, you're looking at Kareem Hunt, Gus Edwards, Leonard Fournette, CEH, Joshua Kelly, Deuce Vaughn, Kyron Williams, Daenerys Prince, Chase Edmonds. I mean, it's um, it's the bottom of the barrel. Cordero Patterson's down there somewhere. Keep going. Uh, Didn't he get hurt? Scrolling. Didn't he banged up now? It does have a key yeah, next to him. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, the, the Cordero Patterson dream is probably going to die pretty quick. <laughs> I don't know why it was ever a dream. <laughs> Boy, you on you were so in. Yeah, you were so in. You convinced me. Don't do not. But, run, I mean, I, like they got Mac Hollins as their wide receiver too. Like the whole thing was he's going to play wide receiver, and now he's like banged up, and it's like, oh yeah, he's fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that before. I know. I knew it before. <laughs> <laughs> it's just as soon as he got banged up, I realized it more clearly. <laughs> uh, That's fair. <laughs> here you go, Sean. Ryan's giving you the idea for your next article. These undrafted players are the best pick in the 13th round. Ooh, it's an article by Sean. Sean I would read the hell out of. <laughs> That's a Sean, really good article. I, that, a, I mean, that has to happen. perfect title. Sean. It's a perfect I almost mess. want you to go write that now. You, you so literally have to have that up game. on Rotoviz in the next couple of days. Like, I don't know how you don't. That, that's that's that pretty clicky. I'll, I'll deliver on that. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the only thing you need to change, Sean, is some of the YouTubers now will do this thing where they'll say, like, the five players your idiot league mates aren't drafting that you need to draft. <laughs> that's the only other part you need to add to that. But you would never call your league mates idiots, so that's probably not part of your brand. That doesn't feel like a Sean a Sean title to me. Yeah, you can you can just like insinuate it a little bit with like the people who are still watching Netflix or you know. <laughs> 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 Sean, yeah, what uh, what wait, shows wait, what shows are you watching? Are still watching Netflix? Hey man, Drive <laughs> to Survive is good. Okay, I I still watch Netflix. What's wrong with still? Watching I will. Netflix? I'll give it to worse. Sean. It's definitely gotten worse. There's nothing yeah, on I don't there. Really like, go on there anymore. Everything's on yeah. Apple TV, HBO, Hulu. Now Netflix know. is. I've actually dead. considered canceling, it, but Drive to Survive gets me. Yeah. Sean, what's the show God, right now? How do you say that? I have not watched a show on Netflix in a really long because all the, the recent shows have been all those other places, B. Well, they also cancel their like there's a couple shows they um the, the people who did Dark did another show. It it was like even more intense and that yeah. seems like something you'd be into, Sean. Did you watch that show? What, what was the what was the more intense one? 1898, I think it was called. Yeah, I started watching it and I was just like, this is too much. It, it was like real intense, but then they canceled it after one season. And yeah. it's like, it's like a dark level. It's going to be three seasons and they were going to do the whole thing where it gets crazier and crazier and crazier. Is um, that the one on the boat? Yeah, yeah but then there, if you think space is not involved, you're wrong. <laughs> so they canceled, got, that? <laughs> they canceled that, yeah. I did watch that season. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Right. yeah. It really pissed me off. I'm like, you can't. Don't. Yeah. I need to know what the fuck was going on. And now, well, also the space thing at the end of the season was pretty cheap. It was like, yeah, this is. I mean. Well, I, also, there's no way that that was. They weren't in there. There was going to be another thing above space. Right. Right. Yeah. There was layers. Yeah. yeah. But I wanted to know what the hell was happening, and now I'm mad that I never will. It was kind of, I thought it was a little bit of a rug pull. It was like, it was intriguing throughout the series. And then it just got like a little crazier and crazier and crazier. And then they're like, oh, it was all a dream. 
You know, like that was the plot line. It's a simulation sort sort of thing is right. going on there, right? Yeah. Mm. The, the listeners got to love us just like deep diving into a canceled Netflix show. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. You're never going to see what happens. Yeah. We don't, I don't think we have to do spoiler alerts because. Right. It's dead. Yeah. It's dead. All right. We're so, about to. Oh, Mindhunter got canceled. That was a, that was a great show. That yeah. Mindhunter was good. Was awesome. uh, Justin Ross comes off the board. We don't get to roll that clip. Um, about to pick in the 15th round here. We have a Justin Ross clip? We do. <laughs> we do. We've got clips <laughs> for good. half the NFL now. Isaiah likely comes off the board. Um, you got some Ave Maria, Jared Goff, a couple guys in the queue. Uh, what do you guys think? Can we talk about the guys in the queue yet, or are we trying to push them? Uh, I think we take the dude that I mentioned in the chat before too long because I, I know Rank both it? pat and sean yeah. love him and i think we got to get him on this team i don't I even like him it. that much i would love to take him yeah let's do sean it. michael mayer yeah i mean his his adp is still another round and a half but i don't think you can count on that at this range and he is a really good fit with this particular team I, one of the things we had discussed a little bit beforehand was this idea of if we don't get Tua and you, you know, you can get your quarterback pulled from you in these formats, especially if you pull it like we wanted to do, then we could load up on some, a variety of late QBs. I don't know if that is as necessary now, even though obviously Tua has some pretty, I actually think the injury risk is more or less pretty similar to every other quarterback, but you could say that maybe there's more extreme injury risk. Even with that, I, I don't know that we necessarily need to go that route. And with that being the case, I mean, the two guys here that I liked, I, I wouldn't have anybody in between. So I don't think there's any like need to push them down. And Mayer gives you that other option where I, I think there are some good ways to look for tight ends who might have the right type of role to you know, get you across. And we see some of those guys going from 12 to 14. I think that Mayer is another player who just is simply so good, even though he doesn't have the athleticism of a Laporta. And again, you, you kind of look at what the team is trying to do. And the Raiders you know, want to build this very new identity around Jimmy Garoppolo and the, the new weapons that they brought in. You know, that may or may not work. And yet, I mean, Mayer has a chance to... to be a breakout. Now I'm always wanting to kind of stack breakout options at tight end with the idea that maybe we do hit, even if the odds aren't great for us, because when we're talking about not just winning our league, which I think our team is set up nicely to do, even if you don't get great tight end production, when then you start going and facing the truly awesome teams in the big race, I mean, you're going to be looking for not just somebody who gets you through, but that at least chance at the big points. And I think that Dolce gives us that too, because, you know, the other guys there, you know, probably if, if Greg Dulcich is who we think he is, those other people are going to fade away. And so we've got three shots at it now. And, you know, you're starting to give yourself a real chance, even if the, the shot for each one of them is a little bit thin, you know, it's starting to build up to where I really like where we are. Yeah, I'm really excited to add Hunter Henry to this. <laughs> 
Sean, Sean and I have been going back and forth on this. He really likes just taking a bunch of those shot plays that he was describing. I really like to get one of the boring guys like Hunter Henry into the mix. He does he go. Goes, he just goes. You're saved from Hunter Henry. I think he, Hunter Henry's a fine pick. He's just, you know, not quite as high upside as Mayer. Um, For sure. Yeah. Is the 10 hole not taking tight ends? Are they on a tight end fast? The 10 hole <laughs> yeah, has not taken a tight end. Um, they've People barely forget. taken wide receivers. Three quarterbacks. Three quarterbacks. Yep. This is barely not taking receivers. We can, we can confirm that. Breaking it took Damian Harris before their wide receiver four. He was their running back seven. I mean, they know how to pick running backs, but besides that. Damn it, he's the Najee Harris and Alexander Madison draft turning took Damian Harris. This is not good for, for the Damian Harris brand. Can I can <laughs> I see the team name again real quick? The team name is Oh, we took Mixon too. Taylor, Taylor Made. So this guy's name is Taylor. And he names his team Taylor Made. Either Mixon Harris, or... Madison, Dalvin Cook, Jamal. Wait, Williams, either that or what? And he took Damian Harris. I mean, those are. I don't think I've taken those five running backs. I don't think I've taken them five times in all the drafts I've done combined. (laughs) David Harris. Damn. That guy knows ball. JJ Taylor made. There it is. (laughs) There we go. There it is. It's JJ Taylor. Roll the clip. Should we roll the clip for this guy? (laughs) If he takes, if someone takes JJ Taylor, I will roll the clip. Don't tempt me with it. There we go. He took Conklin. Yeah, Conklin goes here. Um, all right. Well, Sean's got another upside tight end he mentioned to us. Earlier in our, our chats, he, he referenced uh, an, another upside tight end that could be a tight end four here. Do we uh, do we want to go? you remind me of who it was? Yeah. Do go we want to go completely? Do we want to just go one QB or... Do we want to? I mean, one of the things that I, I like the idea. You, if the Q is what you're floating, I like. Yes, it. I because yeah. I I like the setup. I like what the Q is. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Well, it it's, it's may seem really strange, but I do. I'm very comfortable with either one QB. If you're going to start that QB, and then you're going to, you know, add in if you run into an injury, or as many as four. <laughs> I talked about earlier, but there there is a a player here who, again, we're talking about how do you win the tournament that I think becomes kind of interesting. Can you put him in the chat, somebody? Ben, yeah. you you have this player italicized in your rankings. Are you... Uh... I don't know who it is. I put in the chat. In the chat. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Taylor yeah, made I... a fool out of you. He did a little bit. He took Conklin right after we made fun of him for not taking tight ends. Jalen Hyatt goes off the board, who is also uh, a guy we had put in the queue here Dawson Knox comes off the board and then Richie James yeah I, I like can we speak freely yes yeah go go for it permission I think to taking, freely, taking Tyler makes a ton of sense a ton of sense for this team he feels like a great backstop with Tua if you're going to play for that upside and we're probably going to only do two QBs here Gresh yes you have yeah, someone else you it. like I mean, more yeah, yeah I said go for it a couple times yep I do have him italicized as a fade in my rankings. I mean, mostly thinking for my subscribers that are playing in like in a lot of like 
home leagues and things like that. I do think there's like a, a potential fool's gold element to it that I, my immediate response this offseason was, oh, I mean, the only cheap upside candidate here he used to be a top five quarterback. Like, this is amazing. But I do mm-hmm. think there's concern that he won't run as much when he comes back and all those things. But Sean's got me a little more excited. He's talking about some camp buzz. I'll probably unitalize and move him up a little bit at some point. <laughs> <Unitalicize>. <laughs> uh, we'll turn him off, off the fate. But, yeah, when you're talking about a deeper format like this particularly – yeah, I mean, it's a different ball game. The ranks are tough. It's tough to make it perfect. But, yeah, I mean, I totally understand the merit of taking him here. Yeah. <clears throat> so we do add Kyler as our now, second QB. Go ahead, The Pat. chat is killing us here because uh, they're saying, from a vibes-based perspective, Kyler was not a good addition to this team. Wait, we're, we're worried about vibes? Yeah, what's wrong with Kyler's vibes? Kyler's, yeah, what's wrong with Kyler's Kyler vibes? Kyler chills and plays COD. Was, yeah, what's he doing he's to playing video games, dude. Just chill. Person here says, person, person says, Kyler's going to quit football and stream. <laughs> well, Man, just let him live his life, bro. With, well, with I don't want to live his football. life if he's planning on streaming Call of Duty because that's the <laughs> problem for this team. When Tua quits football, we're going to be streaming quarterback. So, you know, Kyler will come in handy then. Yeah. Schefter, Kyler might not even play. Schefter just reported about this. Uh, can you link wow. that Schefter report where Kyler's going to quit playing? Well, I'm going to go to fieldtwitter.com. Uh, Oops. Where did my draft board go here? Sean, how much kicker and defense research have you done? I always I always put that last. and <laughs> But I usually Music forget club. to do it until I've done most of my main events, and then it's too late. <laughs> yeah. It sounds familiar around here. I'm scrolling through Schefter's uh, Twitter account, um, retweeted Seattle Seahawks account, retweeted New York Jets, talking about um, uh, raising money for Hawaii shirts, um, Chargers meme, um, Joe Mixon being found guilty. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. The last to find... time he tweeted about Kyler <laughs> was on July 30th. And let me just check Murray. Uh, the last time he tweeted the word Murray was also July 30th. So wow. bullshit on this, on this guy. Yeah, man. And to think that I take all of the chat's words as gospel. This has really <laughs> shattered my faith in the chat, knowing what they're talking about. Get you, get yourself in order chat. I mean, I, yeah. what I like about the chat is there's usually some self-policing in, in the chat and yeah. Yeah. Fix, fix your priors. Okay. Um, all right, we are about to be on the clock here in the 17th I got a table to pound in the 17th round. You okay. ready for this? Pound it away. I'm ready. I hope it's what you guys want to do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. That's such a polite table pounding. I hope you also I, like what I want. I mean, we got to stack up. We got to stack yes. this bitch up. We, we definitely got to right. stack this bitch up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> With, with Greg Dortch, right? We're all on the same page. <laughs> yeah, Greg Dortch is what you're saying, right? <laughs> exactly. uh, yes. May I pound, gentlemen? Yes, we 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 can pound. Uh, any objections to one Mister uh, Trey McBride here? No objections, Your Honor. Sean, any objections, Your Honor? 
he also factors in fairly high on my exposure leaderboard, which is not good, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in favor of it right here. Sean, don't it's use the R-rated draft to balance your exposures. It's not good. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> We're going to take a beak on him. Have we, we didn't get the four QBs, Sean, but we did get the four tight ends, and they're all fun. Have we done a true crank purple with Sean before? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. This is this is a it's almost like a a, a stream swap with Crack Rock here. We got to go zero running back with Crack. Rock. It's a very Sean tight end room, which I'm, I'm I'm always trying to make him draft like Dawson Knox and Hunter Henry and stuff when we draft together. So I'm, I'm glad he got to play the hits here. This is a fun one. It's the fun when you should... you try and find some information on Trey McBride, and it's all about like how he's and somehow this doesn't factor in Zach Ertz too. I guess it's not around. I don't know, but like he's now the leader in the tight end room. Like you've got a guy who's the leader in your like offensive room who's got like three NFL receptions. So, <laughs> but you like him. You're taking well, Trey McBride was a again a very good college player. He is incredibly <laughs> athletic, and so if you're going to bet on that kind of second year leap at the tight end position. You want to do it for a player who you know has some of that past production, is extremely athletic, was a priority for the team before everything changed, and is in a team where, I mean, there's some buzz for Michael Wilson, but the Cardinals need a guy who could go out there and add some dynamism to their roster who's not like a, you know, a, a pure lottery ticket kind of player. And I'm not even necessarily saying that Trey McBride is that guy. I mean, certainly in fantasy, he's looked at as a lottery ticket, but I think there's some under the radar enthusiasm about him. And again, I mean, you look back to the one big game he did have, and we're talking about a tight end where the expectations are slightly different. He just, he was, he was incredible in that game. And when it comes, you know, down the stretch, I think that does give you a little bit of enthusiasm carrying over because obviously there are a lot of things that were dysfunctional about the Cardinals last season to where we can, you know, if you want to make a case for someone who is in the 17th round that isn't going to cost you in redraft, now in my best ball leagues it may, but you know, this is the good kind of bet to make. Sean, are you sad to see Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell come off the board and not be on our team? I know it. Uh, it is too bad because Pat was saying. I mean, every time that that. You know, we have our little chats and, and Pat's like, I, I'm getting this little vibe that, you know, like he might, he might do it. He might be that fun. That's not the whole thing. Usually it's like, he's going to get himself benched because he's fun. But I mean, Sam Howell is fun. So Sam Howell is fun. Like I, I actually am kind of disappointed. We haven't taken him yet in a main event because that is the format. I think you take Sam Howell in. Like I've been very skittish of taking Sam Howell in best ball, but like it, that is a, fear-based take like i think he's gonna be fun i worry how much that fun lasts you know how long we have of it but if you want to punt court like if we didn't take tua and we took like kyler and then howell and then probably a third quarterback after that i mean i could i could see that working you know i think he's gonna be chucking them i think he's gonna be chucking the ball downfield and he's got good weapons and he runs a little bit so could work 
Should we add the other biggest like injury uncertainty guy to the two of Kyler mix and, and stack up our first round pick? No. Oh, <laughs> is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm not sure what you're saying. I'm saying Brock right. Purdy, which I don't even mind to say because right. I don't actually like it that much. But oh, it, it, I thought it, you were saying Lance for a second. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I just no, I thought, roll up and remember who was our first round. Pick. Kyler with the concussions, <laughs> Kyler with the knee, Purdy with the elbow are all guys that I think have been held down all off season by the, like fear of injuries, and it would just be a really funny three quarterbacks to have. <laughs> yeah, we don't know who's going to be healthy, but we're just going to throw them all out there. Um, no, I guess I'd be open to that. We got one more pick, right? Before kickers and defense here, running back, absolutely wiped. Um, I guess a couple tight end names. If you squint, um, wide receiver, a couple names we got in the queue who could be fun. We could just go kicker and D and like lock up decent options, but. Yeah, I was gonna say, where where is everybody on that in terms of you know, do we want to get a kicker in a high scoring offense, or that isn't a, isn't a big yeah. priority? No, let's do it. I I think we I think we could uh, punt our last pick until the nineteenth or twentieth, or sorry, our our last non kicker defense pick. I floated a guy in the private chat, which yeah, you know, uh, I think would be. Fun. Uh, also, shout out to Stephanie, who's going to be helping us with our waivers this year, who loves the idea of us getting a decent kicker <laughs> defense. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll toss you a bone. I, I told her she didn't read the fine print, which is us lazily selecting our kicker and defense in the 19th and 20th round of every <laughs> single draft. I mean, we got McPherson sitting there, right? Let me, let me make a case for Michael Wilson as oh. a starter on the – team where we just drafted kyler and double stacks that bitch up for us you're gonna make the case or you're gonna say you're gonna make the case he's athletic and stacked he's athletic (laughs) stacked and starting that's the that's the whole case can he kick as far as having mcpherson he cannot but (laughs) he plays a better position (laughs) sean evan mcpherson or michael wilson or different kicker pat what are the chances that wilson comes back around i I have a, I do have some guys I like better at the positions left, but I also think they may not even get picked up in free agency in week one, in which case, you know, you're not using that roster spot very effectively for the first weekend. So do you like McPherson? Yeah. I mean, they're going to score a ton and he's got a massive leg. And so, I mean, it probably doesn't matter. Well, when T. Higgins falls down on the one, we are going to love all of these samples. <laughs> I do like so. Here's where the two cases just just for for the record, because you know I think this is is helpful for the debaters out there. Okay, I went with um, <laughs> I went with athletic, stacked and starting, and Sean went with they're going to score a ton of points and has a massive leg, and that argument <laughs> won the day. So you know, just yeah. <laughs> take take notes, do with that information what you will. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he kicks hard, bro. He kicks hard. I mean, Pat, do you even know kickers, bro? Do you know ball? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I truly don't know kicking. 
don't know. I think we got to steal there. I think that was some bye week slappies. These guys are afraid of his week seven bye. And they, I mean, Evan McPherson pulled a kicker five. I mean, what? oh, you just reminded me I'm supposed to look at bye weeks. <laughs> We're pretty evenly distributed on our bye weeks, I will say. Uh, Laporta and Dolchich both in week nine. Good thing we got Michael Mayer and Trey McBride. We cranked it purple to cover it. I don't that was think the most, Twitter's uh, after. They're, they're talking about the chasing kickers club. That was the most kickers analysis you're getting out of me this whole year. No, you're like, right. You're right. We did chase kickers. Kicker chasing. It's the show where we chase the best kickers. The kickers that help you win championships. The biggest legs. The breaking news. It's everything you've come to love and know. The time is now for Kicker Chasing. Let's get some fucking kickers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Evan McPherson. I love the way the kicker is just plastered (laughs) on like a a child. (laughs) Did a kicker do this? Hey, I made that. This is back before I outsourced clips to the audience and then sent them through a a rigorous editing process. (laughs) But I mean, it's endearing. Part of the bit that it's like, oh, we're just slapping kicker over this and chasing some fucking kickers. It is amazing. Pete, you're like, I mean, it is amazing, right? Like, apparently in everything, you first create and then you go into the director phase. (laughs) (laughs) Just give notes, but I don't even know if you're saving any time. It's just more more fulfilling. No, I'm I'm incapable. I outsource all of my editing work now. I got lots of of people helping out, and I don't even know how to edit videos anymore. That's that's probably the last video I ever edited. Was that <laughs> JC video. Amazing. Uh, yeah, you got to give Kevin Kevin's David Bell clip that needed no no intervention by me on it. Kevin Kevin nailed it right out of the gate. Uh, God, yeah, Vincent, what is the I, I wish I had eight hours to make a clip. God, that would be the life. Uh, Ryan Pat- asking, uh, was that Pat and Ben on the oh, yeah? That's not us, but who that- is it? <laughs> um, it's a good question. I, I must have, I think I must have been searching for oh, yeah, sound bites on my royalty free <laughs> music site that I used. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Sean, um, you're over there. Great if he got sued for the oh yeah, if it wasn't extra royalty free. You're over there thinking hard about something. Is it a defense? Is it a is it a sleeper play? What do we got? Well, I'm trying to balance some of my own personal incentives here because I kind of want to push a defense so that I don't have to just come out and say that I don't want Michael Wilson. But then I'm like, <laughs> but if Michael Wilson has a huge game in week one then that would be worse than any other scenario. So we better just take Michael Wilson. It is a rule on this show. If someone floats a player the round before and he comes back around, we are legally obligated to take Well, him. not if Sean's fully out on Michael Wilson. I don't I guess... want to just come out and say that I don't want Michael Wilson on this team. <laughs> Athletics action starting, Sean. What don't you get about that? 
What's the anti-Michael Wilson case, Sean? And I know a body bag. I mean, he had a long time in college to prove that he could stay healthy or that he was good when he was healthy or any of those kinds of things. But I do want to take him here because that's argument convinced me. <laughs> that's a lot. Because if we, well, I, there's a guy that I, it out. He's like, there's a guy that argument. You can't even say it. That is convinced. You're the least convinced person I've ever seen. That was like a blink twice. If this is a hostage video <laughs> thing. There is a player I really want for this team, but he's going to be is in he that a deep? Is he he's a defense, be... Sean? Because that would work out well. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he, he's one of these players who the best pick in round 13, even though he's going undrafted. But if he's going to rise before we can add him, then we should have drafted him. Well, Pete Does and I his have name about with Rondale? Yeah. We have about 45% in underdog, so hopefully he plays before too late in the season. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Oh, I thought his name might rhyme with fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, sucker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's another one. There's a, We got to get these. Oh, 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 Josh Palmer. We got to get, uh, no, not Josh Palmer. Trey, Trey Palmer. Palmer. We got to get some Trey Palmer shares at some point. Hmm. Not really. Nice but. to have a guy you feel comfortable cutting, you know, just right away where you don't have any emotional attachment to it. That's I mean, the that's the Trey Palmer thesis. I'm not making a clip, but Gretch making clip. I'll take it easy on you on the rigorous no, editing process. It'll, it'll mush him, but he's he's gonna he's gonna be too good for a clip, unfortunately. All right. Our team as we head into the last round, Christian McCaffrey, Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins. Man, that Christian McCaffrey pick feels legitimately ages ago uh dmc jalen waddle t higgins travis Etienne, jsn jk dobbins george pickens quentin johnson Traylon burke shout out to the audio listeners sam laporta tua controversial selection could have pushed him to the 12th marvin mims greg dolchich by the dip donta foreman the last draftable player michael mayer kyler murray why not trey mcbride stack it up evan mcpherson huge leg michael wilson stack that bitch up twice and then we're heading into the 20th so the chat very torn on the Michael Wilson pick. We've got Michael Wilson watches Netflix. Then we've got Michael Wilson equals Anquan Bolden tears up week one. Michael Wilson has a good locker room personality. Uh, and what was it? There's one more. Oh, Harb said I prefer Trey Palmer in managed parentheses so I can cut it. <laughs> I what I'm getting is Michael Wilson's a polarizing player, Pat. <laughs> he really is. Really the is. the Michael Wilson watches Netflix got Sean to do a legitimate spit take there. So like, <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> Sean, I didn't get to hear. What show are you watching right now? I was trying to think because Colin and I actually even did a like best show on like every streaming service bit on one of our shows. I was watching a little bit of Pat referenced it on one of our current or recent land the plane situations where you have that hijack they're almost oh, yeah. there hijack awesome. again 
They're going to so. stretch that. that that's going to go on for five seasons, and, and a week will have passed. No. That's, that's where we're headed with that. They show. landed the plane well in season one. I, but don't you we're think? We're on the clock. We're on the clock. Let's just keep talking about the plane. I don't What plane are we talking about? The one that Idris Elba saved from being hijacked. <laughs> I mean, the first defense you name, I will say yes to. So go ahead. Yeah, wait. Who's the who, week one schedule? Chat. Steelers, chat. Are we Steelers versus Brock Purdy? Are we okay with that? Or do we want to go Denver versus uh, Sam Howell? Wait, Steelers are available? We, we or, sorry. Really uh, Steelers. Yeah, Steelers are available. Who do they play in week two? You tell Just me. Cleveland. Cleveland week two? Is it still yeah. the Iron Curtain? Then the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, Purdy, yeah, we're kind of probably not a great match for against the Niners, but let's do it. I mean, Brock Purdy, elbow's still going to be hurting him. There was a few and then games. you got Deshaun Watson, and then you got the Raiders, and then you got the Texans. Pretty good start. CMC catches 14 balls. Brock Purdy throws four picks. I think it works out. That's another one, too, where it – it is nice for Stephanie to have that defense in there. Yeah. Sean's already thinking about Stephanie. We've got Stephanie, our four, say four, thank you, uh, Sean. four weeks there. There we go. That's Having four weeks of a defense is pretty nice for the waivers. Yeah, I've never had a defense for more than one week. <laughs> You're welcome, Stephanie. The team is in the books, Sean. Give us your thoughts. Let people know you had you had come into this draft with aspirations to draft 19 running backs and 14 quarterbacks. We didn't quite do that, but we drafted a team. Man, and this I mean this is perfect, right? This is one of the most fun teams you could draft to and you know, I don't know that talk about structure is as important in redraft, but to have balanced out our positional objectives so well. We we came in not like locked in we certainly could have gone with a justin fields and that would have been a fine pick but to get dobbins where we got him you had a javante williams option there as well i think but to get those three running backs with the crazy upside and to have higgins fall to us but then to be able to come back and to get pickens to get johnston to get Traylon burks when you're not going to need to start him during this time period that he's recovering from that injury that it's really unfortunate for him it's really unfortunate for the titans and for people with shares in best ball, but it's almost perfect for you if you're trying to build out this kind of team in redraft because you got a guy who you don't have to start right away who has, again, just league-winning upside. You're talking about round nine. That should not be the case. And then to be able to put Tua and Kyler together, really the two quarterbacks outside of the elite quarterbacks who you can look at, and you just project yourself forward, you use those flash-forward moments, and you say, who could be a tournament winner who doesn't go with those elite guys? These are the two players. And they're both on our roster. Now, there are other players I like in there who, yeah, they've got that really low probability. But Tua and, and Kyler are the two very clear-cut guys. to have both of them there. And then to take those four tight ends, where if you get an elite tight end, you're probably not going that route. But one of the things we kind of ran into and we saw is that there are not a lot of great picks in the double-digit rounds, which you know there shouldn't be. And if you can hit contingent plays at tight end where – I mean, two of those guys are elite athletes. Dulcich has a lot of receiving ability in his profile, and then Mayer is this fantastic overall tight end. To have some differences in the profile, but to have that upside in the profile, 
I mean, it feels a long time since we were in those single digit rounds that were so exciting, but I mean, you know, if you were to fall asleep and draft the perfect team and then wake up and be like, Oh, it didn't happen. This, I mean, this is the team. So again, it doesn't mean you're going to win because so many things can happen, you know, even before we start, but I I love what we were able to do. And we talked, uh, we had a little celebration as soon as we got the one Oh six, because it does set you up so perfectly. So I think that we have to be appreciative of just having gotten the best draft slot too. That allows you to do things that people at the edges probably can't do. But again, I mean, this was so much fun to to draft this team. And I, I love the way that it looks at the end. Every time you've ever broke down a team that we've drafted together, I'm convinced it's going to win. I want to run through a fucking brick wall and count my million. Person <laughs> uh, Person says he is a time traveler. This team does win. Nice. It's official. Love it. Uh, I do think that's like a good point about like the drafting from the middle. It does, you know, we, we had our, some decision points, but man, it feels so much better than when you're having to make those decisions on either of the wraps where you're essentially like planting your flag, reaching to get the guy, like letting the draft come to you from the middle of the board feels really good. Yeah. And we, we got a couple really nice values fall our way. We, we did a couple reachy things, you know, we took JSN, the chat, chat revolted right but we got most of the most of the guys we took it felt like pretty easy clicks pretty pretty great values and that's that is the dream when you're in the middle of the board that's that's what it opens up to you so you kind of need the rest of the room to cooperate and hand you the guys that you like more but for the for the most part that that happened here so i i think it's a really fun team it's like i love a team that feels like it's working together you know this team's like you get the the running back, you know, investment is higher than we typically make, but it's with guys that have a ton of upside, but also like should have two of the guys should have very big roles right out of the gate. I think Dobbins will as well. And what do we pair that with? We pair that with scratch offs at tight end with a lot of rookie second year, even injury risk at wide receiver, but all super high upside guys. Um, and then we have high upside at quarterback for cheap price tag. So it's just like, that's like exactly, I feel like, how you should build out that's a, a great team point. that spent a little bit more at running back. It's one of the, like, this is one of those teams where, like, sometimes you get in season and you're like, man, what do we do with our bench here? There's so many things that we need to accomplish with these last few roster spots. I want to add some depth at this position, this position, this position. And we only took four running backs, and we might not even keep Deontay Foreman that long. If the other three just hit, we'll just roll with three probably. Like, I, I don't even, like, I feel like we, we have all the adequate depth we need at all the positions we need. They do work like the way that you're saying it, like this roster throughout the year is going to feel very correctly con- configured. Yeah, it's a I coherent think. roster. It's yeah. like, yeah, it makes a lot of what we did pieces together in a way that I think we're going to we're going to like. We need those running backs to come through. We obviously need those upset upside bets to hit uh, at least some of them. And but I just think it just it just makes a lot of sense. Let's uh, let's close on this. Let's each say our favorite pick from this draft i will say my favorite pick was quentin johnston in the eighth round i look at some of the players he's going around here sky Moore, cooks um i definitely prefer him to those guys i think he gives us immense upside gives us the kind of profile we want to win in that 15 through 17 stretch giving us our cheap but high upside exposure to the chargers offense gretch what was your favorite pick in this draft i want to go last i got a few i'll let these guys go first all right, Karen. 
favorite. Well, I'm worried I'm going to steal Gretch or no. If if you pass, you get to take whoever. Uh, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Travis Etienne, who okay. is a guy that I feel like I'm lower on than Sean and Ben, but that was one of my. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to have on the team, partly because they've been talking him up, and it's one of those things where when I am trying to think through players, right, and draft and drafting a ton of teams this year, drafting more teams than I ever have. And there's certain certain guys that sometimes get lost in the shuffle or they're just hard to fit on my teams. They don't fit the way I like building teams as much. And that was kind of ETN for me for a lot of the, the offseason. And then you hear the, trank, the Tank Bigsby uh, drumbeat. You know, he's get oh, they like him in short yardage. Don't like to hear that. They would like him as a pass catcher. That's not great. But ETN really pops in my stuff. Like he he had a very strong rookie season as a rusher. He's a, a solid pass catcher. We think he's going to be on a very strong offense. He was a much, much stronger prospect than Bigsby. Like, that's not even – he wasn't even close. And it's like, dude, he's in the fourth round. Like, all of that risk is baked in. He gives you a ton of upside. You're getting a talent profile on an elite offense potentially. Maybe not elite, but they could be, right? They could break out. It's a breakout bet twice. Breakout on the offense who has a very strong quarterback. Breakout on this really talented running back in his second – Full year, I, I I'm trying to get back to to being really you know comfortably overweight on ETN in my portfolio um, in best ball and just psyched to get him on this roster where you know that upside swing in the fourth round is exactly what we wanted. Sean, favorite pick? Well, JSN is my favorite pick in every draft that I have <laughs> been in this year. But outside of him, I'm going to go right back to the very beginning where I was saying, and we were all hoping that Cup would fall in part because it would open up this potential to take those running backs in three, four, five, six. But with the way it actually fell, with Higgins getting to three, with the decision to take JSN over Goddard and then getting those deep tight ends instead, I think that Christian McCaffrey even if his ceiling now is a little bit lower, but we know that he did score well with the 49ers. And I mean, you're talking about a guy who is the only player. And again, maybe it's not this high now, but in recent memory to have sniffed 30 points per game. I mean, you're talking about the guy and now to have McCaffrey, ETN and Dobbins together and to potentially be able to play in a two, two, two format, three, like top six overall running backs when you get into the tournament and still have all of the receivers that we have. So you have the flexibility if you're wrong, right? But to be able to play like three of the top six running backs in the tournament, I think it's going to be really difficult for other teams to match that who, who don't have those guys. So I actually love the way the draft fell in the first round for us. Gretch, give us a walk off favorite pick well i mean we have a lot of fun guys i think you could pretty much pick anyone from like round one to round 10 but i do i do think i gotta say t higgins i mean higgins falling to 306 was the moment i was like this is gonna be a really fun night like that was the this room's getting a little weird we're getting some shit that's falling to us this is gonna be awesome I got T. Higgins actually ahead of Devonta Smith and a clear T. I think the whole industry has a clear tear break after both of those guys go. To get him four picks in a row that are non-receivers and get him to fall there, I think set up everything else really, really nicely. It's an awesome Waddle-Higgins combo when you already have everything Sean just said about McCaffrey. just feels so good. 
to be clear, do you have him as a clear tier tier break over Calvin Ridley, who went at the the two hundred nine <laughs> in this draft? I do, I do. Yeah, I, 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 I thought, thought that's what you're saying. Which yeah, I, yeah, I have Ridley as you know uh, sixteen. So there's fourteen receivers if you don't count Ridley. I have Keenan Allen fifteen. I have Rid- I have Ridley sixteen. I'm not like going to be way out on him or anything, but I don't have him at two hundred eight. You might be if this is the price. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. All right, this was a treat. Always a Wait, blast. Wait, what's your favorite pick? I said mine, Quinn Johnson. Said Quinn Johnson. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Um. I, I think those were all all great uh choices there uh sean uh any final words for this draft uh always a blast drafting with you uh here on the ship chasing channel yeah no i just had wanted to say how much i enjoyed this how much i like the team and just express my gratitude to the three of you just overall and how much i enjoy doing stealing bananas with Ben and reading stealing signals, you know, even and especially this last week where there's been so much cool stuff out, obviously Pete doing the drafts with you this year. I mean, I get fired up for that every Wednesday morning and then, you know, all of the amazing stuff that Pat has done in the last year. And then being able to read these legendary upside articles as they come out and thinking through the tight ends this last week and, and everything with that, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful experience and I love you guys and I love this team. I think it's going to win the whole thing. There you go. Oh, yeah, uh, we love you guys too. Thank you for uh, subscribing. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Gretchen's going to cry. We will be back Good next job. Wednesday <laughs> for a primetime draft on NFC. And then a week from tonight, we'll be drafting another main event team. Also, if you guys happen to be out in Vegas for the opening kickoff weekend, we will be out there. We'll be uh, drafting FFPC teams, NFC teams, having a ship chasing party over at the NFC uh, camp there at Park MGM. Would love to see you guys. Appreciate all you guys hanging out in the chat bring in the heat all of the hot takes for sean siegel for ben gratch for pat corain i'm pete overzet this is ship chasing we'll see you guys next week